Jr., the great athlete that Ric Flair is, I have two questions to ask you tonight. Only two, because you can answer them. First of all, Fujinami in Japan, Super Brawl coming up. I want to ask you the controversy surrounding You've been in controversy before, baby. Fujinami, yourself, can you take him out, nature? A new role for you, my friend. But something the people in this sport, controversy or no controversy, are going to have to learn to live with. I'm back on top. And no, no man from a country 8,000 miles away is going to come to Super Brawl and beat the one and only world's heavyweight champion. Fujinami, you're a marked man. Question answer. I, I believe it, and I know, Fujinami, you better get ready because the man's ready for you. But one other question. Controversy also surrounding the house, if you will, the house of the four husbands. The four husbands dominated wrestling for all them years except for one man. <laughs> and we know who that is. But anyway, bear with me. Anyway, when you get by Fujinami, I'm not so sure if you will get by Fujinami, but if you do, then what happens is that a contract say Ian Anderson for the uh -huh. World's Heavyweight title. You're right what? again. You always like to stir it up with us, don't you? You always like to bring the question up, what if? The horsemen are like this. We a unit that nobody can bust up. But, to answer your question, if one of them got in line, I'd beat him just like that. How about that? This is Dan Spivey, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwback with Phil and Jay and that pain in the ass What this network needs, this network gets. I promise you that. Broadcasting live, live from Shaolin, Staten Island, New York City. Freak Show Central. Where's that? New York City. It's the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast with Phil, Jay, and that pain in the ass, Choppy. On Rant EM Radio. Proud member of the Shining Wizards Network and Dark Satellite Media.
Yeah, carry the torch. Hell yeah. Yeah, a little strife, a little straight edge hardcore for you. I think this is episode 411, Jay. We're at that point where you can lose count. Yeah, we are at that point. Episode 400 and something. Episode... <laughs> I, think four. It's four, I think it's 411. Um, yeah. uh, Turnbuckle Throwbacks live on the Rant. Rant EM Radio. Rant Entertainment Media. Part of Shining Wizards Network. Part of Dark Satellite Media. I am Phil. And I'm Jay. And Jay played some golf today. Yes. Much needed golf. I think I played the best game I ever played. Hands down. Bar none. Hello to everybody in the chat room. Shaylin is still celebrating her birthday, she said. Happy birthday, Shaylin. She said she's got Chinese food, drinking soda, and having some leftover birthday cake, and watching the turnbuckle throwbacks. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Thank I think you. I think that's the perfect night, because I love birthday cake. Yes. I go to people's houses just for birthday cake. Yep. I like, I'm a fat bastard. <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> anyway. Happy birthday, Shaylin. Yeah. What it is, Chief? What up, Rob Domingo? Let's play. Let's let's play their gimmicks since they're both in the room. They're both there. Let's play Shaylin's. Fuck you! And let's say hello to Mr. Roberto Domingo, the, the Mandingo. Doing flips and shit. That's right. And I'll just play this because even though Richie's not here, anybody seen Richie? I'd like playing anyway. I miss Rob. Yeah, you're this gonna God, see. You're gonna goddamn see. Goddamn pandemic is really. You're gonna see shit. Roberto soon. If you <sighs> if you're coming to fi- well, first if you obviously you'll see him at the anniversary. Yeah, show. I'm gonna see him we'll the day before the July 10th. I may be out. I think I have a birthday party. I'm yeah, pretty sure I double booked myself. It's sold out, by the way. Yeah, I see, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, so if you don't go, we have an extra ticket. Yeah, sad, but you'll see him the day before. What's up, Uptown Georgie? Um. Yeah, so MLW sold out in Philly. Yeah, and it's uh, and they're having the lot uh, ba- uh battle riot, whatever the battle fuck riot. It. And there's a bunch of heads in there. Man. Yes, bunch of heads in there. Um, Bur- Phil likes birthday cake farts. <laughs> yeah, you'll get a one-two punch in two weekends. Oh yeah, yeah, buddy, it's gonna be as Jay would say, all the way live. All the way live. Um, yeah. So I uh. I, I normally would do Fresh Death Friday, but I did, I did a video instead today. I, yeah. I, had, a, I had like three, almost three weeks of laundry. <laughs> and like I said in the video, I'm one of those dudes that even though I'm cluttered, if it gets and you'll notice too because when you come here, I like to moosh it all the time. It can't be cluttered for very long. But I had three, almost three weeks of laundry, and I don't, I don't have that much underwear. <laughs> I don't know how you girls do it, man. I got it. I, I, you know, I don't know how you do it. You fucking, I, I don't, I have enough underwear for like two and a half weeks, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. That's it for me. Um, but girls are like, let me just get a pair of panties. I'll pair right out. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, 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 wait. Was the, the panty fairy? Well, I, 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 have to, I have to agree because when I first moved out, I never realized. I, I moved out when I was 23, somewhere around there, 23, 24, something like that. And I never realized how much laundry I go through until, you know, the laundry yeah. fairy stops. And then all of a sudden, I went back to the store like three times to get, I used to call them emergency underwear because yeah. I was like, oh shit, I'm running low. I need emergency underwear. I bought like three packs. Like you said, I have enough to last me about two weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, my underwear is not cheap. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a small person. So my, my underwear is at a premium. I'm paying fatty prices for underwear and it's not cool. Mm-hmm. So now, by the time I get to like that second week, I'm starting to panic. Yeah. Because during the week, I wear a uniform at work, and I wear regular clothes to and from work. I don't wear my uniform outside unless I'm on the truck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Matt says, where you're in, where you're in I got to wear a dress sock dilemma because all your other socks are dirty. 
I bought I bought more socks though. Yeah. Um, have to shout out Don Tony. Don Tony. He would not only wish me happy birthday on the show, but he wanted to send me something cool for my birthday. It's very cool. Don Tony's the man. Yeah. Shout out to Anthony. I haven't spoken to Anthony in so long. If he returned my fucking messages, he would talk to me more. But, <laughs> but he, no, he's probably he's, busy. Oh yeah, he's always busy. That guy. That fucking guy. Shout out to Anthony. Yeah. Big shout out to him. Of course, is his former co-host Kevin Cass doing his thing. Yeah, bro. Girls carry extra underwear in their purse. They yes. do. They do. They pull it. They they'll pull it out of anywhere. Yo, when my grandma was on was in hospice, and my sister Nat and I flew down to I had to fly down to West Palm that that couple well, a couple months ago. Nat only had a pocketbook and had all her clothes in it, <laughs> pulling out panties and socks and pants. I'm like, I got a fucking bag that size. Yeah. I got forget about it, you know. But you know, um. When I moved, when when I when my wife and my ex wife and I split up, I threw out so many things because I just didn't want to be bothered with the memories of clothes, and I just had a closet full of wrestling shirts, yeah, <laughs> and no underwear. So now I got some more underwear, got more wrestling shirts. Yep. I got a new one. I got a new one the other day of Jake the Snake Roberts. Awesome. Thank you, Steph, and I'll pull out what she, what else she picked up for the show too, and um, but like I started buying like you know. For Christmas, I got a bunch of dress clothes and, you know, whatever. And then my, when my grandma passed away, I had to buy, like, a, a dress, a couple of dress shirts. I already had ties. But, like, you know, I'm not a small person, so my stuff costs more than the, than the average bear. You know what I'm saying? So I can't go until, you know, fucking Old, yeah. Old, Old Navy. Navy. I got to go to, like, Macy's and, and, and Big and Tall and, you know, fucking JCPenney fatty section, you know. Walmart's got the fatty section, you know. <laughs> Yeah, simple pleasures in life. New socks and underwear are the best. I agree. I'm excited. Mario, Mario from Barrio's in the room. I'm excited to get into a fist fight with Yankee fans in two weeks. Eh. Speaking of that, dog, I got, I scored Met Yankee tickets for Fourth of July. Hell yeah! I got How about, about that. I got about twelve of them at uh, City Field or no, at Yankee in Stadium? the Boogie Down. Yeah. Ooh. So um, yeah, my my company uh, is the, the the hospital for for the Yankees. So they give away tickets, and I was like, "All right, I ordered a dozen." So I got a dozen yesterday. Hell yeah! So Fourth uh, July, I pro- I most likely be in um in the Bronx that night. What what I what I do for the underwear dilemma is I put the most uncomfortable underwear at at the bottom. So when I start, you know, I I'm not a big boxer brief guy. I am. <clears throat> I uh I like the regular regular boxes. Uh, so once I start wearing the box of reads about a day or two of that, I get annoyed and then I have to do laundry. So that's, yeah. I force myself to do laundry. So like I basically that. spent the entire day doing laundry until about four o'clock. And then I downloaded, uh, I was watching Karate Kid in 4k. Hell yeah. I was like, but, um, yeah, man. So like, I'm, I, I get nervous when I didn't do my laundry last week. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, when am I going to do my, cause tomorrow I got to go out to, my nephew Brandon graduated from high school yesterday, cool. and it's his Real birthday, cool. so he's 18. I gotta go see him out in Strong Island, and then by the time I get home late tomorrow night, I'm not I'm not doing laundry. Yeah, he's they live 60 miles away. By the time I get home, but and then Sunday I'm gonna be fucking wiped out from the week anyway, so I had to do something, you know. Um, and I had to second, I just gotta do it today. Quick emergency. Yeah. I was up at five in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I watched the Nazi documentary from A and E. The Nine oh. Lives of Ozzy Osbourne, which is really good. I didn't. I haven't seen it. Um, the Prince of Fucking Darkness, Sharon. <laughs> um, my fucking hero, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then I had to go to get some lab work done. And let me tell you something. I understand. Um, yeah, I have a really, I have a, a very terrible. My thyroid's basically dead, right? So I have to go get like thyroid medicine every three months, and like, 
It's it's a deal. It's it's. It, I, they thought I had cancer because they found polyps and stuff, but I don't have cancer, thank God. Thank God. So I go get blood work every three months, right? But the problem is with these labs now, they they follow the CDC things to a T. So I don't have an appointment. I'm just walking in. Yeah. So I walked in when they first opened, like seven, seven thirty, whatever it was, and there's already seven or eight people in there. Lady jumps out of the room. You know, you know, read sign. I'm like, read sign where? What are you talking about? Now you talk like that. I'm yeah. like, read sign where? You know, I'm yeah. like, now I'm talking like you, you crazy Filipino lady. <laughs> she was like, no, you read sign, read sign. I read, look over, read the sign. I'm like, oh, it's seven occupancy, seven people. Yeah. So I sat in the hallway, watching NXT. You know. Yeah. Um, but like I've been up since fucking five this morning. I'm I'm in this mode now, Jay. Every week I get up when I don't have to, and I can't go back to sleep. Yeah. Dude. I hate that feeling. I hate that. F- I want to sleep. That happened. So I was on vacation this week, and that happened not last night, the night before. I woke up at 3, and I was just rolling around. It's like quarter to 4. I'm like, oh, well, let me watch. Uh, I'll, I'll start watching the throwback today. And I ended up falling back asleep. But for, no one told me that when you get older, when you wake up, you're up. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, it's like I'm like my great-grandma Connie used to go to bed at like 6 o'clock at night. <laughs> And wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I, I could never understand why. She'd be at my house at 6 o'clock in the morning with bagels and rolls and yeah. the bread from, from Grimaldi's. I'm like, yo, this is insane. I, I'm I'm an early riser. I, I'm always an early riser. But I, I, st- I lived at home till I was in my early 20s like you, right? I was I didn't have to, but I was staying home, taking yeah. care of mom. Money situation was bad over there, so I was hanging out. And then like I would, I'd had like two, three jobs at one point. I'd work. Um, I had this job at Florama. It's a, it's a tuxedo place in my neighborhood. I think I told you that story. We used to clean the fucking tuxedo shoes. Yes. But then I be then I would be a bouncer. I bounced the rock club or the or the titty club or the or the um or the the, the, the drag queen club, right? So I'm coming home at six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and like six thirty, my grandma's knocking on the door. My great grandma, <laughs> even my mom was because my mom used to work weekends too. My mom was a bartender in a catering hall. So me and my mom would come home like six o'clock in the morning. We were like, "Fuck, I'm going to sleep." We sleep for like two hours, you know. Yeah. So, thank you, Shaylin. Yeah, she she enjoyed last episodes about Enoki and and Hogan. I got my first COVID shot. Matt says Tuesday, and I, and I was wrecked. Slept all day. I hate sleeping. <clears throat> I didn't get sick, man. I got I got I got a little tired after the second shot, and they just made it mandatory at my job. To, uh, to get the shots. Yeah, and I and I and I and I told you that was gonna happen. Yep. I said once they get the, once the president El Presidente gets to, gets that quota up, I said motherfuckers gonna be mandating everywhere. So it yep. is what it is, and we we talked about that like six months ago, by the way. And like I said, you I, I mean I mean not that I would have said it to crazy Filipino lady, but I would have been like uh, maximum seven people. I'm like I'm vaccinated, bitch. And the sign says even if you're vaccinated, you can, you still can't wait in here. I uh, they they had all their bases covered, yeah. you know. I mean, not not to get off on that. Tangent. Shout out to the Filipino nurse who fucking popped the of uh, uh, she fucking popped a, uh, a, a vein. Yeah, yeah, she she fucking now my hand looks like I I got I got beat with a mallet. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like like I I got I got the shot. I'm waiting. On, I don't know. My second shot I think is next week, and you know yeah. I'm whatever you know. On the fence, not on the fence, whatever the case may be. But I got one shot, so I'm I'm half vaccinated. So you know, I pay attention to storefronts. You know, I I mean, whether it's careless or not careless, whatever the case may be. But you know, I if the storefront has a mask on it, you know, you're not allowed in without a mask. Great, I'll wear a mask. If it doesn't yeah. say anything, yeah, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not. <clears throat> yeah, it's just you know, 
You know, and, and it's uh, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I like I've I've been saying, you know, since since pretty much this whole shit started, whatever feels right to you, it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, it, it, it's no more. about I mean, obviously, we're 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 in a different place from a lot of other people because we're in a fucking really dense, uh, condensed area. You know, fourteen million people. You know, yeah. Two hundred countries. We should be wearing masks a long time ago. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Japanese have it right. They they don't they don't mess around, right? But uh, what are you, Jay? A half a vax? He I'm says a half vax. Yeah, half vax. Half vax. I'm trying to do like a like a half breed chair uh, thing. Only like seven people will get that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over here now. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, you know, like I said, stuff like that, uh, you know. Who, but it was, it was only a matter of time. I, I say that to the queen too. She's, um, you know, soon it, it's going to be just like the flu shot for you guys. That's, that's exactly where it's going. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's another part. I listen. I love to get into a podcast with that because there's a lot of shit flowing around in my brain that needs to come out sometimes. But that's for another day. Yeah, yeah, I was sick of conspiracy theories. There, the, the um, the, what's his face died the other day. The antivirus dude. Oh, McAfee, right? So, my boy John at work was like, "Well, he posted a couple weeks ago that he couldn't die," and I was like, "I was like, dude, I don't want to hear your conspiracy theories. Every fucking genius person is out of their mind. Yes, whatever, whatever genre it is, whether you're an athlete, an actor, actress, scientist, anything, it the the smarter you are." Listen to Phil. He's psychic, Spivey. Did, <laughs> did you see what Spi- you see what Squires did? Yeah, I did. I, I actually. So now I look every Friday. Yeah. To see what he posts. Oh, it's so awesome! That poll. Uh, shout out the poll. Wait a second. Play. The mall's got Newberry Comics. Newberry Comics is a line of comic stores from New England. I've been shopping there since the '80s when I used to go visit my dad and my aunt Tracy. Newberry Comics in the mall. I love that fucking place. Mm. They open one in, in the mall. That's awesome. Our mall? Well, like, obviously, our mall. Shailen works there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Mario says he needs Shailen to... works at the mall? Yeah. Next time I go, I got to yeah. seek her out. Yeah. Um, you can't... Well, you might miss her because she's like, yay big. But, <laughs> but, um, Mario says he needs a conspiracy partner. There yeah, you go. I'm you, about to say. You, my, I was talking to Mr. 414, by the you way, You know yesterday. what? Maybe we, do, maybe we should do a Zoom. Keep, <laughs> keep in touch, guys. Maybe we should do a Zoom It's got to be you, Mario, fucking Mr. 414, Mr. Motspot. That could be something interesting. I and You know where I stand. So now it's everything I say feels like conspiracy theory. And I'm like, no, conspiracy therapist. <laughs> therapist. I like to talk about it. I like to, let's flatten it out, and then we build it back together. I can't That's tell you thing. how many nights we spent driving in Jay's car on the way home from Choppies when we had Studio C. And the conversation would just be lit. Because it went from like, I see where you're going with that, but do you know about this? And I'm like, you see, every time I, but I mean, we always had an answer for each other, which yeah. was, which I, you know, like again, and we never like, we never, never bickered. No, just either we agreed or disagreed. We were like, I can't That's believe, it. and I can't believe this is happening. Um, oh, you got laid off a year ago. I'm sorry, baby girl. I, I thought you were still there. Oh, but, sorry to hear. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm 100 percent down, especially with these suicides. Alleged, he put them in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well you know well, what? I say. So now I got something for that. So now here's this is just now here's a conspiracy theory. This is definitely conspiracy theory, and I'm going to use I'm going to use the Beatles as an example. Oh, Christ. this is what I like to think. All right, John John Lennon, and I'm not comparing McAfee to 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 John Lennon. I would I would hope not. <laughs> but I think 
I think John Lennon had the foresight to go, wow, I have a lot of power with this media. Or whatever we do, somehow or another, everything I'm doing is being scrutinized. I am going to slip in this Paul is dead thing. And let's just watch this 40 years from now. They're going to still be talking about this. I think McAfee is just completely trolling everybody. I don't know what happened. I have no fucking inside information. I don't think he got suicided. I don't know what happened. But I think he's just going, I'm just going to live in infamy. And that's a way to, because people seek out. McAfee's a crazy dude as it is anyway. Dude, I mean, Daryl, yeah. To me. He was out of his mind, bro. To me, he's somebody that's just going to go, well, I, I, I really can't deal with this Mexican prison anymore, but watch watch this shitstorm I'm going to start as I leave. People love for that stuff. People love to watch the world burn. I think that is somewhere along those lines. But I've always said that about Lennon. The I joke, think he, that, that's, I a think, joke, that's a Joker quote. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's exactly it. And, but I've always said that about Lennon. I was like, he's the smartest man that's ever walked this earth. He said he puts something in the song as a joke. He goes, watch this, Paul. They're going to think you're dead. They're going to cra- think of this crazy conspiracy. And fuck, here they are. Wow. <laughs> Shaylin said, so Matt gave Mr. Coppelful the arm atrophy. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> then Matt says, Jay and Jesse Ventura should go out painting buildings with ter- with thermite paint. I've... I hope your black helicopter runs out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Mario says, be careful. The NSA will shut you down for speaking up. Yeah. Right, listen, I've read a lot. I've read pretty much every one of Jesse's books. And once again, I'm somebody. Oh, you, mean, you mean the fake Navy SEAL? I, I, he's not a, I don't think he's a fake Navy SEAL. You uh, think he was a Navy SEAL? He, I think he was absolutely a Navy SEAL. I think he was hanging out with Navy SEALs. I, think he, I don't think he was a Navy I, SEAL. I think he definitely was a Navy SEAL. I don't uh, know, McMahon. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. But, uh, yeah, I, those things, his books, once again, that's going extreme. That's another conversation, but that's going extreme. I like to fall in the middle. I like to read it, you know, absolve it, and then go, mm, uh, absorb it, I should say. I'm sorry. Absorb it, and then go, eh. This doesn't make sense, but this can make sense. Like I, I, I I'm somebody that does my own. Uh, you know what the problem is with a lot of these things? A lot of them, a lot of those conspiracy theories are very coincidental because they'll point out things, certain aspects in the scenario that can be coincidental, depending on what the subject is, right? Yeah, and and it's not. It's really it, it probably really is a. Not a conspiracy. Yeah. But people like, oh, well, that was, oh, wow. That could, can that really happen? And you're like, well, if it can really fucking happen, it wouldn't be a conspiracy. But you don't know because, I, and, and, and this goes, Jay, I can't wait to talk some black helicopter, black, black helicopters in person. It's my spot. Ah, yeah. Mr. 414. It's going to have to happen. But like, you see, you see my point? Like, it's, it's, I, you know, but my like, point always to you was it's like watching Fox News on mute because you you can't fucking. My point to you was always, well, why is it a conspiracy theory? Is it because it's an alternative way of thinking? No, it's they fail to factor in the logic. Well, as Matt Squire's poetic true, it's certain certain ones, of course. I mean, listen, you could throw up tinfoil hat stuff, but there's a lot of stuff too that's alternative. Thinking. That's how I. That's how I look at it. Is, and it goes back to like you know, it's a conversation. That's how we learn shit, and that's what I've always said. Like, whatever side you fall on, it's you don't have the same conversation. And we're going to talk about it 
<clears throat> you know, with the news and everything, like, you know, people are it's like, man, I tell you, the problem with WWE is that they're hiring non-wrestling personnel. And then you have the pro WWE people going, yeah, they would never do that. They just fired somebody today that was a non-wrestling It's fan. like the right and the left when the gas prices go up. Every year the gas prices go up. Mm. Except for COVID, mm. obviously. You, you look at it, it's, it's proof. It's written down. Except for last year, the, every, the prices go up every year here in New York. And maybe... Th- and sometimes 30, 30 cents more in Jersey. It's always yeah. cheaper in Jersey. I, yeah. That's like I, tri- it's almost like relatively the same now. In now it is, yeah. But like Staten Island knew, knew the trick. But when I first moved out here, like, oh, we're getting our gas in Jersey. I'm like, I didn't know the trick. I just, you know, because <laughs> we're so close to New Jersey. Yeah. But like, oh, it's it's Biden's fault. Why is it Biden's fault? Every, but, but you know what? Every time there's a new president, something happens. The the the, the finances change. The the, the 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 stock changes. Yeah. The the, the oil changes. Like it's not like it's, well, it's their there, fault per se. It's there's just, a, there's an adjustment period. Yes, companies get scared, and let's let's call it what it is. Once again, I, I don't think it's <sighs> I don't think it's Biden's fault per se. But if you but they s- blame they blame Trump they blame Dumpy too though. But it wasn't his well, fault. Well, the media. Well, the media blamed everything on Trump. Forget about everything. everything. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about they blamed Dumpy for the fucking fuel, and I and he, I even defended him. I can't stand the dude. I was like, yeah. nah, it ain't his fault. It always happens like that. Well, what happens is when when you go, well, if you make, you know, we're only going to tax people that make over four hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, if you make over four hundred thousand dollars a year and you're going to get taxed more, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to try to increase my money then. Right. So why do you think the gas prices went up? It's so once again, supply and demand. Once again, it's a bait and sw- bait and switch. It's a bait and switch. Right, right, right. Oh, right, right. we're not going to th- once again. Now we're going into a political side, which you know, once again, doesn't really matter. But you go, oh, we're not going to tax you. Oh, but we're going to get you on the back end now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that, and to me, that's kind of. That's kind of evident. I, it could be, I should say. Maybe it's not evident. Motsbox says, Phil, you know the music that we listen to, meaning him and I. Yeah. I just love how some conspiracy theories spit in the face of mainstream society. A lot of dead Kennedys as a kid, so what do you expect? I, I'm not... Listen, I'm anti... I'm as anti-government. <laughs> establishment. Yeah. I'm anti-establishment. I'm fucking punk rock since I'm 10 years old. And it, that's before I even knew about punk rock. I was always punk rock. I didn't like anything and anybody. That was remotely different from what my shit was. Yeah. So again, it's it's you know it's um, it's this thing where I for me as an older person now it depends on who's saying it now, whether it's CNN or it's Fox News if it's left if it's right if it's indifferent, like it's like I you can't get like you can't let the media like you well, said you can't let the media fucking s- something happened this week which I don't know how. You know how many people know? Because you you can't find it anywhere on the news. I ha- I just got the brand new iPhone. You don't see it on the iPhone, but if you look for it, you could find it. A few years ago, two years ago, three years ago, really quick. Uh, what's that fucking Jo's name on Fox News? Uh, I'm not a big fan of him either. But uh, shit, he wears the bow tie. Hannity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hannity. He um, he got called out. For his opinions, yeah, of course, his opinion-based stuff, and sure, whatever sure. he's not, you're not spreading facts, blah blah blah. You got to be. It's so then all of a sudden you're changing the face of 
of of news, cable news, I should say. Now, this week, Rachel Maddow got painted with the same brush, got painted with the same exact brush because of something that she said. Right, right, right. right. And now, all of a sudden, that's not being broadcasted. You know what I mean? So so certain journalists, quote-unquote journalists, that are, are smearing... Like, who's the dude on CNN? The gay dude. Very popular. Oh, Koopa? Yeah. Yeah. That dude, that dude, smart guy. Yes. But, like, he could could say whatever the fuck he wants, and he's untouchable. Yeah. And then he'll play the card. Well, hello. You know, and I'm like, you can't. But it's not even that. You towed a line. It's, it's, once again. It's, it's, it's line stepping. Yeah. Habitually. (laughs) Habitual line stepping. Habitual line stepping. That's what it is. It's, and it's, because it's, but it's. That's right there. As soon as you see that, now, once again, conspiracy theory, non-conspiracy theory, I'm somebody that I don't like that term because conspiracy theory is, to me, they're listening to satellites, all this stuff. That's a conspiracy theory. But saying that that they're covering up certain news things and, and, and broadcasting other ones, like ECW, we're going to just hide the negatives and accent the positives. Like, and that's what you're doing in the news media. You go, well, you can't believe that because that's a conspiracy theory. It's well, like, the difference well, no. is, though, the difference is Paulie told you he was doing it. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Very true. <laughs> What's up, Double A? Very true. Um, th- That's the difference. Paulie told you what he was doing. Very the, true. The media is not going to tell you. No. And, and that's where you start to begin the process of the whole Look theory. Up, and that's why I've always said it. I, I, I forgot. Oh, somebody, somebody hit me up. It's, it's escaping me right now. But somebody hit me up. I'm not somebody. Now, once again, if you listen to me talk, and especially how we're talking now, I could be painted with that brush of, well, you're just a right-wing conservative nut. It's like, well, no, I'm not. I mean, no. you could call me whatever you want. That's fine. But no, I'm, I I think of it as an independent thinker. Like, that's just, to, to, to me, it's the right is its own lane. It's a small lane. The left is its own lane. But the middle of the fucking road is wide open. It is so open, and it's unbelievably open these days. And there's so many independent journalists, so many independent news organizations. You look up your Tim Pools. You look up your um, Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, uh, Breaking Points. They just left the hill. I used to love the hill. And to me, these guys are towing the line of of independent fact-based news. And to me, that's where the future lies. And... That's where I get, once again, maybe it's a chip on your shoulder type thing where you just go, man, it's funny. You turn on CNN and you don't hear anything about uh, such and such. Oh, you don't turn on Fox News and you don't hear. Exactly. Right. And you hear. But and the, once right. Again, I get it. I get it. I get it. And Mario saying, do you remember the in the year 2000 bit from Conan? Yes. My generation basically recreated that bit, bit and took it very seriously. Yeah. The middle lane, and I will wrap it up with this. Yeah, I, was we, just we say, I, I told you completely. We actually, we actually have a wrestling podcast today. <laughs> um, the middle lane is what you call woke. A lot of individual. Uh, I disagree. A little, a little, a lot of individual journalists, a lot of individual um, poets, and and um, and musicians, and artists, and are. Are they? They call it that. Stay woke, where you, where you, where you can't bear left, you can't bear right. But if you're in the middle, it's open because you hear it's. There's more people are more in tuned, 
And I don't know if it's and, and this is somebody telling me this. And I'm like, I can't I can't fully invest in that. No. I'm in my lane, just as you are, except I'm gonna ride whatever is helping what I what I what I invest in. in yeah. What, Perceived to be Right. Yes. So like you know, if you know, if uh if there was a republic if there's Republicans T- taking care of all the agendas I voted for, then maybe I'll vote for a Republican. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I haven't in several years, right? Because I'm an independent. But, no, it's actually not a slow week in wrestling, Mario. We actually have a lot <laughs> actually, of shit to yeah. talk about. But, like, you know. Well, we could go long today. I I'm don't not wanna, working tomorrow. The, so. one, the one thing is, too, dude, and the, the main thing about this whole, this whole thing, and we talked about this, too, I don't want to label. I think that's that's kind of it too with me. I don't want to label because you know what I can I feel like I can make an intelligent decision and support something from the right or the left and still be in my lane. I could still be anti-establishment. I could still be anti-government, anti-fucking everything, and still take a, a stance on something because of my job, because of my upbringing, yeah. because of where I live. It, all these things factor in, you know. Um, you may not get the same thing from a hardcore kid in fucking, uh, in uh, you know, Nebraska. You know, you may not get the same thing from a fucking woke kid in 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 you know in South Carolina. You know, Phil for president. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you see my point. I think you could stay in your lane and still support. Both sides of these issues because there's so many things that involve. The older you get, the more stuff involves you, and the more stuff affects you. Yeah. As a taxpayer, as a citizen, as a fucking civil servant, yeah. as a first responder, like there's certain things that are gonna affect us, even though we don't want it to, and we don't like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I, I work in healthcare. You know how fucking insane healthcare is? Yeah, especially these days. Like, you blink and something changes constantly, you know? So, I I have a different aspect on th- And I, you know, we're like the 30th dumbest country in the world. I'm big on education. You know, someone called me a socialist because I wanted the same textbooks for my niece and my nephew and then my niece and nephew in Florida. Why can't they have the same textbooks in history and math? No, because everybody's fucking different. They want to teach different. They want to, and I'm like, no. Well, you're a socialist. No, no. We're, we're we're dumb as a country. We're fucking dumb. We have we have every resource possible known to man. We're the richest country in the world, but we're the thirtieth dumbest country in the world. Where fucking kids come from third world countries to to, to my city, with. With, they don't even have running water where they lived. Yeah. Okay? They they still use an outhouse to take a shit. They come here, and they become fucking doctors and physicists and attorneys and and the smartest people in the world. Why? Because of where, where they're from. With the, the hustle, the constant hustle. All I know is that I, I, could st- I, I, could, I feel like I could stay in my lane and still support the causes. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, Marius says, because if you speak outside the box, you're considered crazy or dumb. Years of being told things like we have made my mental health decay to the point of I don't I don't like speaking my mind. Listen, dude, I was told my whole life I wasn't allowed to be mad. I wasn't allowed to be upset about certain things. And then when I sat down and talked to somebody who's a mental health professional, like, yes, you're, but you're, it's it's the rationale. 
It's it's somebody else's fucking. It, it's an it's an. If you talk to somebody who's non-biased, I could tell Jay my whole fucking life story, my problem, right? But Jay's biased because he's my fucking brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I talk, go talk to. If I tell my shrink, I almost drew myself in front of the Q train six months ago. We're gonna find out why. Yeah. If I tell Jay that, he's gonna be upset. But like, it's he's gonna be biased. Oh my god, Phil's gonna fucking throw himself in front of the train. She she doesn't give a shit. But she's non-biased, and she, it's a ra- it's a it's a rational fucking um, outside source. It's it's a it's a I call it the the plane's view, you know, an airplane's view of yourself, thirty thousand feet up, how it is. That's that is generally speaking how a therapist psychologist would look at every when you when you're telling them. At least this is what I read. So once again, I'm not an expert. This is just my my understanding of it. Is everything is, and that's how I try to look at everything. I try to take myself out of it, and I look down on it, and how would the I do the bigger this? picture <clears throat> and stuff like of this? Course. And it's funny, something was just—I think Mario said it about being a hardcore fan and 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 all this stuff. Just just food for thought, and I would love. To, maybe maybe we'll try to do this for a Patreon. I think this would be really interesting because we have we have similar yet different takes. Think of. Think of the '80s hardcore scene, right? Anti-establishment, all yeah, agnostic front, Cro-Mag, Seven this, Seconds. I get this it. Stuff, yeah. At that particular moment, in that time, they are anti-establishment. They are that. They are essentially just going to throw political sides on it. They are Democrats at but that look particular where they lived. time. At that particular time, but the the city was decayed. But be that as it may, they were considered Democrats because of this of their anti-establishment. Anti-establishment. Correct. Correct. Two thousand twenty-one. Anti-establishment is where it is shifted. The pendulum has swung completely the other way. It's almost like you ever hear like when you were a kid, like you know the earth, the, the you know California is uh, raising and New York is sinking, and soon we're gonna flip sides. Yeah, that's kind of what just happened in in society. For some reason, anti-establishment is that pendulum has swung the other way, which is to me that is more interesting on how that's happened because, and it's clearly where it's gone. And once again, you know, not the tinfoil hat wearers, but when. You, I think it was Spock that said it. When you, sp- oh no, Mario said it. When you speak your mind, you're considered, you're considered a conspiracy theorist. But yeah, but there's more platforms now. Of course, of course. All, all Roger Moret had was his fucking microphone and a yeah. stage and, a sh- and CBGBs. Yeah, he didn't have the internet. He didn't have social media. And maybe that, maybe that dilutes. And once again, I mean, we're a part of the same media. Because everything is, everything is fucking. Maybe that dilutes it a little bit, but the, but the, but the information's still the same. Maybe it's just now it's just it's broader interpreted and in, in, interpreted, interpreted better. yeah differently because it's broader yeah yes. of course um I'm hundred down a hundred percent down to do the zoom zoom I think we I think we got a zoom conspiracy there you oh go oh my god we're in there you go nail it we we got to do it all right we do have a wrestling podcast this is hilarious. I, I I told you I knew because and this is my fault because. Um, but I, I said it to Phil. I was like, I got a lot of thoughts. Sometimes I got to come out, and I think I, I think I ready to. It's it your show me. too. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right, a couple of things. All right, so we mentioned uh, MLW being sold out in Philly. Um, our anniversary show is June. I'm sorry, July the 9th, yeah. seven p.m. It'll probably be from here, Studio P. Um, 
our uh, our original venue uh, is not done. I actually saw it today. It's beautiful, but it's not done yet. Um, and we had a contingent plan, but I think we I think we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it simple. Yeah, stupid. we're with a couple in studio guests. We're gonna have somebody cool checking in. It'll be it'll be recorded live to tape, but uh, he'll be checking in. And we're gonna have uh, SummerSlam '91, which is the which I'm so excited for. By yes, the way, because yes, yes, I forgot, I forgot how good it was. You know, like that whole even going into that summer or whatever, because that's Earth, that's uh, Earthquake. Uh, no, that's not Earthquake. Hogan, SummerSlam '91. Is that no? That was uh, that Hogan, was '90. Uh, uh, no, yeah, that's, this is Hogan and uh, and and Warrior against yes against the Iraqis. Yes, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot where we were coming out of. Um, listen, everybody's talking about Zoomspiracy. This is Jay's baby. Yeah, Jay's gonna. I mean, I, I have, I have the, I have the Zoom for the for the show that we're still paying for. Maybe we'll still do it. Studio Poontang. Yeah. Studio Poontang. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, man. Did we get a bus up this afternoon? Yeah, we, I, I know. We got. We can talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is to be Jay's baby. So yeah, we'll, I think we have to do it. Jay's gonna Jay's gonna pick a day and a time, and we'll we'll yeah. zoom everybody in. I'll, I'll I'll put you guys in on the on a group chat. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, anniversary show is the ninth. We'll be in we'll be in Philly, and hopefully Jay will. If not, I'll be in Philly with yeah. the crew for the tenth. Um, some of our crew being in Baltimore the eleventh for Ring of Honor, which is amazing. I know. Yeah, I I can't trip. I can't yeah, go. I can't do it. Um. But there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, please keep Mr. Wonderful Paul Andorff in your prayers. You know, when, when uh, Spock said that before about, uh, you know, the Dan Spivey thing, the, you know, it's that WCW thing. First off, thankfully, Paul Andorff is not going to be remembered for that. But that is definitely one of his good moments. Like that yeah. cheesy good moment. Yeah, but they want me to wear the fucking helmet now. <laughs> Matt's like, if you, f- you, have to wear, you have to wear that on, on, on the air. I'm like, if I find one, I'll wear it. But, you know. <laughs> but, uh yeah, um, hopefully, I know it's, it was kind of quick, but we, we definitely, maybe we'll call an audible for next week. I know we had, we had I, I actually called an audible on Phil for next week. You did. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll audible to the audible. Audible to the audible? Yeah, we'll double, we'll double reverse or the audible, <laughs> and then um, we'll do something. Because like you said, especially with Orndorff, he's, I mean, one, one, he's your favorite, one of your favorite wrestlers. He was my favorite before I discovered NWA. So, you know, he. That he's somebody that is often not spoken of in in the annals of of wrestling. On history. this podcast, he's royalty. He is, yes. Matter of fact, the anniversary was this week when he turned on Hogan at the, at, in Poughkeepsie. And Chris Watkins, if you're listening, I, I I've been friends with Chris since, since we're six years old. Chris was a big Hulk maniac, and I, I was like, and I the day it happened, I was outside screaming because they yelling. I was like, he did it. He did it. He did it. He's like, what do you mean? Oh, he's t-. and then the big cage match, yeah. Saturday Night's main event where there was a tie, and then the big event in Toronto where they headlined. Matter of fact, according to Jim Cornette, uh, Jay Manning yelling Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> um, matter of fact, um, Cornette spoke of Orndorff on his podcast and said that him and Hogan to this day, have the best draws house show-wise for WWE. I believe it. And I was at a few of those. I believe it. Um, Paul Andorff was everything to me, man. He was everything to me. I know Before when, I discovered the NWA. And I know we met him this pe- uh, two yes. Octobers ago. Yes. And, uh, you know, I remember you, 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 you were happy, but I, I, it was like a bittersweet thing because, like, 
you wanted to try to get something recorded, but he didn't do it. Yeah, and, he was and, sick. And, and not that you were sour, but you were just like, ah, fuck, man, I really just wanted that. Like, you know, that was like it was like a personal victory for you. To Thanks get for that. hanging out with us. Matt's going to celebrate his, his daughter's birthday. Oh, right? happy birthday. Go dip in the pool, Grandpa. Yeah. He's grandpa now. Um, yeah, I was. it was bittersweet because, um, but I shook his hand and I, I told him, like, I know you hate us all the time. But like you were everything yeah. in 1985 to me, 85, to, and you know, he was he was such a good performer, and he doesn't get the credit no because that's what I meant. Yeah, I mean his mid south stuff, his him and Snooker were a prominent tag team in the late 70s, early 80s. You know his stuff in mid south for Bill Watts. He worked in Georgia. You know he played pro football, and he was just a he was strong style the, before strong style was a thing. The, the just basically. If if you even just funnel it down a little bit more, the dude had atrophy in his right arm. One still looked great and, and still operated at an at a, an elite level. Well, he had a neck injury in the WWE, um, and he just worked through it. He worked through it because he didn't want to get he wanted to get paid. Yeah, and that's what that's what contributed to the atrophy. So one of my first memories was him was with him and Paul Roma, and I know like Pretty you know wonderful, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was. And I like because, and I, I'm going to talk about it with the throwback. WC, what WCW did good in the early '90s was they they focused mainly on wrestling and storyline based, yes, but wrestling. Heels were heels, and baby faces were baby faces. The pretty wonderful team was the quintessential heel team. They they came out. Practically lost every match they were pretty much in. They got a few wins here against job guys. But the main, the clashes, the pay-per-views, they lost. But they never lost their heat. But you they were champions, lose. weren't they? I believe they, they were, were champions. He was also TV champion, too, oh, yeah. Paul Andorf. Yep. And he beat, beat, legitimately beat a big fan Vader. Which is a hilarious story. It's allegedly in flip-flops, which I think there's... there's well, Cornette confirms it. Yeah. Cornette confirms it. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, like you said, that dude... And to me, that's how you that's how you measure somebody is the dude was legitimately hurt. And granted, maybe it was for the money. He needed the money, passion, whatever the case may be. The dude worked through an injury, uh, lost, you know, lost muscle in his right side, visibly noticed it. And he still operated at an elite level. I mean, he had classics with Hogan, obviously, but his stuff against, like, Tito Santana, yeah, Don Morocco, his stuff with Piper, with and against him, yep. was fantastic. Um, he's one of my favorite, probably top five, and he top was, three. And he was all over. I mean, he was he was a champion in, in Herb Abrams' UWF. Yeah. You know, he, he came to WCW after that, was a champion. He, he led the charge. He was one of the guys in the... Helped train guys in the late '90s at the power at, plant. At the power plant, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and dude broke his broke his neck in the ring. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and and it was that, I remember watching that live on. I think that was on the Thunder, the Thunder. Yeah, I, I one of those shows, but uh, I remember seeing that. And you know, dude, and he and he had a diesel mustache when we when we met him. Yeah, <laughs> I I just I was I said I said you were everything. In a pro wrestler. Yeah. And he said, thank you very much. So, all right, um, moving right along. We'll stick with WWE for a second. Yeah. I did see, um, I, we watched, I watched Hell in a Cell. Um, I, noth- nothing to write home about except for the main, I enjoyed the main event. Main event was just great. The, the Bailey match against um, 
Bianca What's Belair. A, Bianca Belair, yeah, the, the the weave. Um, that was good too. But the the I, and I'm not a Bobby Lashley guy at all. I was just gonna ask you, but that match was solid. So now we're into the Bobby Lashley project. It's it's getting over, I think. You know, um, it is weird to have the two brands have a heel champion, but I think Roman Reigns is in a is in a class of his own. Um, just because of that the whole stock. heel, that whole thing with having both brands with heels is not is not an issue anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. as long as you're telling a decent story or but building I, characters. I think I think what they're doing with Lashley is great. I think MVP there. You know, he, Bobby's not good on the mic. He needs MVP to talk for him. But Bobby is doing excellent things right now in the ring. I'm glad he hasn't lost a belt yet. I mean, come SummerSlam, you know, who knows what's going to happen now. But um, what that, that was in Drew McIntyre. This isn't going to be his last time, you know. Nah, he's he's a player. Yeah. You know, it's like it's – and again, it's uh, – again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of any of these guys, but that match was really good. I enjoyed that match a lot. Yeah, that match was excellent. And so, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not mad at that at all. And yeah. and and Kevin, I I actually really, I, I never get tired of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh no, that's just I re- never get. That's tired just the seventeen hundredth rematch from Ring of Honor. <laughs> you ask you ask my my son my son invested like an entire summer of Steam versus Generico. Like yeah, we're we're, we're fucking we're well versed in that in that feud. I was I was talking to a, uh, a buddy. Uh, you know, he's happy to see some. I'm happy to see some Ojo back too. Uh, well, and we'll we'll touch on that. Get right into it. But um, I I just I love this Kevin Owens Sami Zayn story. I think I think what's gonna happen is, and I'm fast forwarding twenty years from now, somehow or another, it's gonna be put up there like a flare steamboat type thing. Maybe not the caliber of matches, you know. Um, they probably had as many matches too, if not more. Yeah, at this point, because Flair and Steamboat wrestled. A lot of times, yeah, supposedly te- off, hundreds off camera, of times, off camera, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but Steen, Steen, Sami Zayn, Generico, I, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it to me. And supposedly, you know, Kevin Owens is taking some time off. Listen, the body needs to heal. You know, maybe he's yeah. got family issues, whatever the case may be. He's got a hot wife. You know, he doesn't. He 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 did the honors on the way out. Let him take some time off. You know, the product. I think. Once again, I was talking about a pendulum before. I think we're swinging into a good direction now. What was bad, you know, and we're going to talk about the real bad <laughs> a little bit. But, yeah, true. Uh, but you know, but uh, you know, I think we, I think we're swinging back into something good with with Raw. I, I think. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but I, I told, I haven't watched a full episode of Raw in months. Just, just I refuse. Highlights. Just watch the highlights. I fast I forward. Refuse. I fast it's, forward through a lot of stuff. I work a terrible schedule. By the time I get home, I got to be entertained. Thank God for hockey playoffs and, and yeah. basketball and, and NXT. And, but I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, fucking Final Battle 2012. Yeah, generic. I think we were there for that. Oh, we, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I can't watch Raw, you know I can't. I really can't, Jay. I can't. NXT NXT right now is I think more so than than AEW. I think NXT is the show to watch. Um, it was funny. I know months ago, what's his face? Um, 
Meltzer had the Observer Rewards and it was AW fucking heavy. Um, That's because the Bucks hug his well, nuts. Well, I, yeah, I think I don't think it's as much. I don't think it's as much Meltzer, Meltzer as much as it's the fans. But it's like the fans. Yeah, it's a he's a the fucking homers, man. Don't yeah, get me started. Exactly. Don't get don't get me started, bro. I'm tired. But yeah, I, I see what you get. But anyway, NXT. A couple thing, couple points. Um, the women are great still. Um, I like everybody. Right now, they're all even except for your homegirl. What's her face? I'm not a fan of Hartwell. Oh, uh, Indy Hartwell. Yeah, I'm not a fan of her and Candice LeRae. I'm not a fan of them right now, but they they got they're doing a lot of heat. Yeah. Um. Austin Theory is a star. Yep. Right. And I really hope this whole lackey thing turns him into a star. I think it will be because he's so good, dude. Like and I and I'm hoping that he turns on Gargano eventually and goes and goes and goes for gold and stuff like that. Um, does KO get a run in the Indies before he retires? I don't know. Probably. Eh, I I think he's WWE bound. I think he's WWE for life. But you then know, again, who knows? You know, who who knows at this point? They're releasing guys fucking yeah. left and right. Adam Cole is back on top, trying to be the main heel again. Uh, you know, I got no problem with that. I'm an Adam yep. Cole fanatic. Um. I like his relationship right now with Samoa Joe and, and Regal and, and him in Colorado are gonna fight at the at the Great American Bash. Yeah. Which should still be a pay per view, but that's another 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 podcast. Yeah. Um but and then speaking of Colorado, he gets another another New Japan ish match against Kushida, which was good. Yep. And then it gets ruined by this new fucking stable, the what, Diamond Mine. What is what is happening in first off? Huge Roddy Roddy Strong fan here speaking, but I think maybe it needs to be said. I'm a huge Roddy fan. I've always been Mr. ROH. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm happy he's being used. I'm happy he's being utilized. But Jesus Christ, another goddamn like what now? A what we were saying about AEW and it's with nobody. No disrespect to these other guys, but they're nobody. No one knows yeah. who they are. Now I, I get it. Put them, put them with Roddy. Get the rub. I guess so, yeah. Get the rub. That's the reason why they're doing it. I get it. You know, once again, as usual, all right, let's 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 let it get some traction. Let's see where it goes. Um I just hope it doesn't turn into the nightmare factory like on fucking AEW. How many people are in the nightmare factory? <laughs> Can we please get a who's, head count? Who's Can the, who, we get a head count? Who has more people? Uh who has more members? The Nightmare Factory or Black Sabbath? Because Black Sabbath has had Eight fucking lead singers at one point. All right. So there was Ozzy. There was Dio. There was Glenn. Yeah. There was um. Who's the other guy? E- Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen. Joe Lynn Turner. Joe Lynn Turner. And I think that's it. No, there's a there's a there's an unknown name. There's like two unknown names. Oh, it's it's amazing. Fucking ridiculous. I, I've looked it up. It's but gotta I, be like I, no, seven or eight. I'm sorry. There's more people in the dark order, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's kind of like the funny. Thing about it, I think that's like I get a it. I just, thing. I, I, I love the, I love factions, I love stables, but do something with them. Yeah. These guys better, these guys better like be a good crop of guys with Roddy. And, I think you know, so. Track, I, I, track suits are fucking a good or nice, but you got to earn that track suit. Yeah, gotta, this is not Bullet Club. That just reminds me of uh, oh, who was it in? Oh, I can't catch it. I can't think of it. Catch Point. 
in uh, Evolve with uh, Drew Gulak and uh, yeah, all those guys. Uh, Matt, uh, Timothy Matt, Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher and, and well, Thatcher and uh, and Champa get a tag title shot. Good. I like weeks. to see it in two weeks. So, um, all right. So budget cuts, huh? Jesus Christ, it's it's a fucking massacre. It's 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 a goddamn massacre. A couple up in, of guys in, Jay in the, mentioned before with the 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 Bollywood boys, Killian Dane, surprising. Davari, Killian Dane was. Listen, you can look at it two ways, and and Killian Dane put up something interesting. You know, he's thirty six. He's probably you're coming out of that going. These motherfuckers didn't use me, because he was a beast on on the goddamn uh, indie. So for him to come back, I think it's going to be. Next year we'll be talking about him. Breezango, surprising as hell. Yeah. Surprising as hell. Considering they brought them back to, to put the new, to put the younger kids over. You know, uh, you know, Fandango, Johnny Curtis has been there long time. Um, well, Breeze, fourteen years. Tyler Breeze was the, one of the original NXT members. Yeah, Tyler Breeze. I he was a surprising guy because he was a quote unquote home homegrown talent. Yeah. You know, at that point, once again, you know. Who who was it? It was one of the iconic girls. Uh, she said something. She she said something about uh she had a an interaction with Vince, and she she feels like that's kind of what played into her release. Now everybody's got ears, you know, and and the walls have ears at that point. If you're complaining, if you're doing inside thoughts outside, and you're complaining about booking whatever, getting paid, uh. And and the upper management hears that, you know that's that could be misconstrued as you're not happy. Like, oh fuck you! Now now we're gonna cut you anyway. You know, I don't think that's what happened with Tyler Breeze's case. He was one of the surprising ones for me. Everise, not that surprising. I I like them. You, I know you're you're not a fan of no, them. No, no. I love that hokey fucking gimmicky stuff. Uh, but they were a little surprising. But they would, you know, at that point, if you if you're trimming the fat. Who else, you know, where else to go? Long Island's own Tony Nice. Not surprising. Uh, Not doing anything. 205 Live has been just... Kurt, what's his face? Kurt, Kurt Stallion. Kurt Stallion, yeah. He was the former... Um, What was he on the on Evolve? Shit. Was he Anthony... Ah, shit, I forget his name. You watch more Evolve Anthony than Gangone, I Anthony Gangone, I think. I, I thought that was his name. You watch more Evolve than I do. Yeah. Um, And the writer who... Publicly said she didn't know who the people were that she's writing for. If 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 Bobby Lashley, if it was either Bobby Lashley or Bobby Ashley, she didn't know. Or, um, or Rick Ashley. That's interesting, and you know, and like that's what I said about before. Like, you know, your your W D. You're you're gonna have diehard WWE fans, diehard AEW fans, that TNA fans. No matter what you do. No matter what the company does, we're, they're going to be towing the line. But c- people like us have been saying, this is what happens when you put non-wrestling personnel in a in a in a wrestling situation. Given the sense, like I understand, a writer can write, you know, objectively, a writer can write anything. Okay, but you wouldn't ask a romance novelist to write a slasher film. You know what I mean? Does that does that make sense? Am I it saying makes, that? No, it makes yeah. perfect sense. No, you're right. You know, and and to me, I I get you know, well, shit, she could write you know love stories. 
We make movies. Uh, I get it. But fuck, Vince, you used, used to do this with, with Pat Patterson and, and, and Jerry Briscoe, Jim Cornette by the pool in your house. You used to write fucking weeks and weeks of storylines. Why are you diluting? You you have all these cooks in the kitchen. You're ruining the fucking gazpacho at this point. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians, Jay. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, it, it and it furthered the, the point of what we were saying, that you're hiring non-wrestling personnel to get in there, and it's ruining it. And obviously, she put herself in her own hot water because she just fucking shown... She's only been hired for like a, a month or two, and she got shit-canned, you know, and... To me, listen, you, you, you reap what you sow at that point. You know, you don't, shouldn't be, she should be smart enough not to go, not to talk, not that she was talking shit. She was telling the truth, you know, and, you know, I was always, I always tell the truth, you know, but I, I, I get it. Even when I'm lying, I tell Even the when truth. I'm lying, I'm t- <laughs> who used to say that was, uh. Piper, right? Yeah, I think that was Piper, well, was that Heenan? Probably Bobby Heenan, yeah. yeah. But, you know, listen. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel that bad, especially if you were a non-fan. Get the fuck out of there. Put a fan in there. You see, you see WWE all the time. Hi, uh, you know they put up these posts on uh, what is that ZipRecruiter, and you you see it every now and then. You know, in ads like they're hiring people, but you know, shit. If you know, you, I wouldn't like I said. I what, what was the thing I said before? I wouldn't hire a hockey coach to teach me how to play golf. Yeah, it's the same motions, but it's con- a completely different game. It's true. <laughs> I didn't gotcha. hear that a lot today. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else before we go to break? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was watching something interesting on uh, Impact. Uh, oh, I f- and I have one more thing too. Go ahead. Yeah, I I didn't see Impact this week. I I seen. I don't know. I I think they they starting to they're starting to to get its hooks in me because I the acting the the promos were hokey with with Don Callis, Scott Demore, Tommy Dreamer, all this stuff. But the Sammy Callahan aspect of it. He just got engaged. Interesting as well. Oh the Jessica Havoc, right? Yeah, big fat titties. God bless him. Um he gets to smash those titties. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's yeah. all right. Uh you know, but the 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 promos were a little hokey. Uh, acting was terrible. But I really did enjoy uh, the storyline, and I like to see what's going on with this. I don't know. Maybe, like I said, it, maybe it's my flavor of the month. But I'm really, really dying to see somebody go from from uh, from you know territory to territory. Come in, Sammy Callahan is somebody that can do it. I know Sammy Callahan is one of those guys where you go, I don't get it. You know, or I don't like him, or he's the fucking best. There's no, there's no middle ground with him. Um, to me, I think he is one of those guys that can absolutely do that. He can go to AEW, be this fucking ass kicker, and still be a top guy in Impact. So, Impact is doing big things. I, uh, you know, they they had uh, what's his face? They just got let go from from the E. Uh, Steve Cutler. He showed up. On impact as well, so I don't think he's gonna make a big splash there. But nonetheless, at least he's working. So impact, I, I think, is something to pay attention to in the next few weeks. Absolutely. And I watched the uh, Ric Flair um, Hidden Treasures episode on E, and I gotta tell you, 
They found the 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 black robe, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble robe, right from ninety two. From ninety two, who had it? All right, so he lost it in Johnson, Tennessee, right? <laughs> he lost it, which means he was fucked up and left he it. Was, in, he left it in a hotel room. He right? natured too hard. Someone put it in there, lost and found for like twenty years. Get out. Someone got it and then sold it for like ten grand. As they sold it to a guy, they WWE gets a wind of this and they and they send him flare all over the fucking country. They're sending him to little Nature's house. Nature has the fucking jungle robe. Yep. From when he won the title again. And then the other robe that he won the title in. Um, well, he gets that. Anyway, it gets all diluted. But the dude base who had it wouldn't even come on TV. He had somebody else negotiate for him. Ah. This dude got fucking almost a hundred grand back in stuff. He got another robe. He got money on top, like sixty grand on top of it. Conrad got involved. Yeah, Conrad put the money up. He's gonna split the fucking time. His Ric Flair, his collection is ridiculous. Yes, um, but it it was it was a great episode. Anybody who who didn't see it should see it. Yeah, I, I I've only seen a handful of those episodes. And yeah, you gotta watch that. episode. I'm interested. Really... I'm interested in to to know WWE's got to do something where they gotta you know. Send somebody in there and record some stuff. I want to see what they have. They have to have. Well, that's the so thing. They, they're gonna stuff. make. They're gonna make like a museum, which I think. I hope. I, I hope mean, that this that's is the end just, result. That's th- that is the end result. Wow. Who knows? XFL was a fucking hope as well. Listen, that's 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 <laughs> just that was just bad timing. What, what that was uh, actually on both. They're bringing times. the USF the USFL back. Hey, listen. As long as Dumpy don't own the team, I'm good. Uh, I hope Trumpy does. Do you really? Eh, nah. I just liked. I just like to stir shit. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Dude, I was listening to um I'm a big I like you know I'm a big old school hip hop guy. Yeah. Um and one of my favorite rappers is Noriega Nori. Noriega. He's a half black, half Puerto Rican kid guy, man from uh from Queens. He's yeah. from Left Rack. Um he has his own podcast called Drinking Champs. And he drinks with this dude, this very famous DJ from Miami, Florida. Okay. And they have their celebrities on. He's had a Puff Daddy, he's had fucking Khaled, he's had Fat Joe, all these guys. I remember Nori. He had DMX a week before he died. No shit. Right? Yeah, Nori was the fuck hit. You know, The War Report, one of the greatest fucking albums ever. It just doesn't get a lot of airplay because it was hardcore. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, Nori had um, Rosenberg on from okay. Hot 97. Who's a huge has and cheap heat podcast? Yeah. He's got Rosenberg's a huge fan. He's, he works for WWE, works for ESPN, and they were talking about um, uh, what the hell was I gonna get? They were talking, they were talking about something. What the hell was I getting at? Because what were we just talking about? The um, oh the the XFL USFL right right right. And he said that Trump, <laughs> he goes, nobody from Queens could be a racist because Trump lied on his birth certificate because Trump is from Jamaica, states Queens. <laughs> He goes, Trump has to be from Brooklyn, he says, because <laughs> ain't, no, anybody, ain't nobody from Queens a fucking racist. And I'm like, that's, yeah. fucked, that's fucked up. I mean, he was joking, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Doomsday Cop wants to watch the world burn. Doomsday Cop. I, I, listen. I, I love I, it. Not even, it's my, I, there's a guy I work with, Mike. Mikey, he's, this guy is amazing. He's, he, one, he looks just like Will Sasso, which is a fucking spitting image. He's just a tall, six foot three Irish fucking fuck. You know, doesn't drink anymore because he's too. He's like, oh, there's no such. He used to be amazed at me how I can have like a 12 pack in the fridge. He's like, how do you, how do you drink like four beers and go to bed? I'm like, simply, I drink four beers and four go, beers to go to bed. He goes, <laughs> not me. He goes, I'd have to drink those 12 beers, and then I have to convince myself not to go to the store to get another 12. So that's why he stopped drinking. 
but he said he's he's what you call an alcoholic yeah, yeah. or he, a functioning alcoholic. a functioning alcoholic. But he uh, he had a, this great thing, and I think it's it's kind of true. He's like sometimes I like to rock the boat and see who can swim, and that's the idea of it. I think is like I know how to swim, so you know what? Fuck you guys. I know how to wade my way through this. Let's see what you guys can do. So that's what I mean. Like maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of I want to watch the world burn. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, could, yeah. I could swim. <laughs> Before we go, I just want to thank Steph. I don't know if she's listening. She's running around. But yeah, she got isn't a, that awesome? She got us a Mr. Sacco autograph from Mick Foley. That's and, so awesome. And we got a Mick Foley autograph picture. Thank you, Jay. We got an autograph. It's the certificate of authenticity of um, of Mick Foley also. So we're gonna frame that with the sock. I know. I just I just seen that he was on Austin's podcast, and that, um, that was fun. And I'll tell you why, because it was genuine. Yeah, it was genuine. They um, what do you call it? They it they it, they didn't really talk. They talked about a couple things that we didn't know, but it was more like re- reminiscent because they traveled together. Yes, that's and, what I that's well, what I can't be- wait. And the best story was, he went out. They went to a beach in Florida. It was him, Austin, and Regal. When they were in WCW, Nostra Nostra Coppice. <laughs> Coppice. Um one beer is too much. A hundred is ne- one beer is too much. A hundred is not enough. Thank yep. you, Montspock. Yeah. Um, so they went to a beach, and Mick Foley went out swimming, and he w- he didn't come back, but they realized they were in a gay beach, and it was all dudes, right? And Austin had these red trunks on, like swimming trunks. That he washed so much that they were pink. <laughs> so now his trunks are pink, and he's fucking walking around with Regal, who's half naked, right? Yeah. And they're trying to get off this beach because they, they're like, hope they're like, you know, what the fuck, right? But Mick Foley's <laughs> way out in the ocean, and they left him there. <laughs> so when he came back, he was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. So Fo- Foley, to me, still to this day, is. He's still my number one wrestler. I, I, you know, number two, number three, always kind of moves around. It's like favorite bands. You, you, you always have your favorite band. Yeah, but Black two, three, Sabbath's always my favorite. But two, three, and four, always interchange. Very, very, you, very, you're hundred percent correct. And Foley to me, uh, I'm gonna make this weird connection, but Foley, he, I love the idea that he goes around. When he was doing the stand-up thing, I love that special. That was a spoken on, word thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that special that he did. Um, but he sometimes, he's sometimes too much on social media. Does that make sense? Yes. Where he he's almost you're 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 crowbarring your opinion. Like, yeah, like dude, your opinion does matter, and and you are you are a founding father of you know this this business of of, of where we are today. But sometimes it's like, dude, sit in your rocking chair and and shut the fuck up. You know, you know, we're not on your lawn per se. You know, like just sometimes it's like, at what point do you stop and stop screaming at the sky about the weather? And you know, I remember he had that. He had a little spat with uh, what's her face from Th- uh, was it Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker? It's Britt Baker, and like. I don't know. They were both kind of immature about it, I thought. You know, but like F- Foley to me is like it's like the the epitome of what people do online. Like they just now, oh, I have I have a uh you know, social media account. I can kind of, you know, insert my non-authoritative 
opinion, and not that it, it doesn't mean anything, but you know, to some people it does. And but to see him in that interview, I, I watched one clip. And I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it. That'll be my Sunday morning watch. Yeah, like I that's the Foley I like. Like genuine, funny, fucking witty. You know. Almost, almost like uh, you know, self-deprecating in a sense too. Sometimes, but yeah, I, that one I'm gonna watch. But sometimes, uh, you know, I like to see Foley shut the, shut the f up. Sometimes. <laughs> well, well, he he posted on Twitter today. They're uh, they we're halfway to Christmas. Ah, there you go. So, and how can you hate his his love for Christmas too? I you know, listen, as I just no. got done bashing him, but no, <laughs> no, I love Mick Foley. Mick Foley's one of the nicest guys ever, man. Yeah. Although he did stiff me when I tried to meet him, so I uh, I met him in Philly. He was fucking yeah, really super cool. All right, um, and his hair smells when it burns. By the way, oh, I was sitting ringside when he tried to burn with the with the branding iron and fucking in uh in uh Philly, yeah. And <laughs> his hair smells when it burns. Oof. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. We're gonna plug our pals. Come back. We've got a cool throwback for you tonight. Um, and we're gonna fucking do it up, man. We're gonna do it up. We are the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. It's Phil. It's Jay. It's the chat room. You guys are awesome tonight, by the way. Yes. Um, and we'll be right back. We'll let Alfred Hayes take it away. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Horns up! Beautiful motherfuckers. Radioactive Metal is here on the Shining Wizards Network, and we want you to listen. Every week, we cover the world of heavy metal and speak to your favorite bands. We discuss new releases, concerts, controversies, and everything else that's related to heavy metal. And occasionally... We even talk about pro wrestling. Catch us live every Thursday night on purerockradio.net. Listen to past episodes at radioactivemetal.org or at shiningwizardsnetwork.com. And remember, it's not metal unless it's radioactive metal. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? 
Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. Hey, this is Colt Cabana, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwbacks with Phil J. and that pain in the ass, Choppy. What kind of name is Choppy? Ugh. Taste the freedom in me. Speaking of conspiracy theories. Yeah, right. Shout out to Propane, Gary Meskill, one of my favorite bands of all time. Chemical Throwbacks, we're live on the rant. It's Phil, it's Jay, it's the chat room. Episode 411. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We truly appreciate y'all's. Yeah. Um, I know he's not listening, but my nephew Brandon graduated high school. And he's 18, he's a, vol- he's a volunteer fireman, st- trained to be a fireman for the fire department, and uh, he graduated high school, and fucking, it was his birthday a few weeks ago, and I practically, I helped deliver him, actually, so I basically watched him come into this world, so I'm happy for him, I'm proud of him, and Brandon, I love you, congratulations, he's a big wrestling fan, he was actually at Survivor Series 2011. Oh, no shit. With Uncle Philly, that's right, Um, so, I love you, buddy, have a Good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and we'll do it like that. All right. We are back. And um, anything else before we go to our throwback this week? Anything nah, else? No, I think that's it. Nothing, right? Nothing. All right. No- nothing. Yeah, yeah, huh? Hey, Jimmy, give me a pizza with nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and now, here is your throwback of the week. Sponsored by the Shining Wizards Network and Rant EM Radio. Fuck, I'm out of soda. Anyway, (laughs) just realized that. June 14th, 1991 from Knoxville, Tennessee in the beautiful Civic Coliseum. 
The Knoxville Notes was my favorite part of this fucking thing. The Knoxville Notes. That's right. It's the Clash of the Champions um, 15, Knoxville, USA. Yes. Um, your hosts were Tony Schiavone and good old JR. Your backstage was um, was Missy Hyatt and somewhat Paulie Dangerously. Yeah. Um, and this was a barn burner to say the least. On... On paper, so so Phil Phil threw it out. He he was doing a little research. He goes, "Oh, yo, this card is stacked." It is. And I looked at it. I go, "Wow, this is awesome." I was like, "I can't wait to watch this." And it, I don't want to say it failed to deliver. I I, I don't think overall I like the show. Um, but there's a lot of things that you could pick apart. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. I mean, bef- before we get into the opening match, I just want to premise this too. It's um, they were going through a transition at this time, big time, right? And this was the first year that that they were not owned by the Crockets. Yep. Okay, they were bringing in fucking knucklehead Jim Hurd, mm-hmm. and it was just like a thing. But D- Dusty had just come back. Dusty just came back. That's right, baby. Yes. I got the book now. I got the book, and I'm going to tell everybody where to go. Anyway, yeah. um, but this first match was so fucked up because the Pistols and the Freebirds had been fighting each other for like four or five fucking Clash of Champions. Right? <laughs> but they just, made a, they just made it a six-man now yeah. because they need to give Tom Zink work because yeah. he just came back from an injury. And they, and they go, shit, man, Brian Armstrong is so fucking good in the ring. How can we get him out there? Let's put him out as Brett. Let's put him out as Brett Armstrong. Nah, we nah. can't do that. Let's make him the Candyman. Nah, nah, we did that already. Let's make him a Rack the Man. We did that already. Yeah, we did that already. You know what? Hold on. Let's make the Freebirds even more unbelievable as a musical group. Let's give him a Masked Man. What are you going to call him? Yeah. 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 What are we going to do? We're going to call him Bad Street. Yeah. 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 And we're going to and we're going to put fucking question marks all over him. And we're going to and we're going to make. Sir Oliver Humperdinck, who was an established manager, absolutely a big fat roadie, big dad, big daddy, big daddy Dink, yeah, big daddy Dink, and of course Diamond Dallas Page. Now that instead of instead of Oliver Humperdinck actually being the mouthpiece, which he could have been, because yeah. he had should have been, he's a good talker, even though you had uh, PS Hayes there. Which, by the way, I got a funny story. You got, I, I got to tell you. Good. Uh, <laughs> so I'm watching it last night. Um, watching it in bed, and Tabe is watching, <laughs> and she goes, she's like. Who's that? I was like, oh, uh, here we go. I was like, that's Michael P.S. Hayes. She goes, what's P.S. Stand P.S. For? I was like, purely sexy. Instantly, Shuttle Clash of Champions 15 tapped right into fucking free bird, uh, Fabulous Freebirds, Bad Street, the music video. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Hayes peacocking, strutting around. Oh, God, he's so good. God, there's nothing so, there's nothing bad about Michael. I am slowly. Turning into the biggest Michael Hayes mark out there right now. <laughs> I could just see Michael Hayes going, "What y'all need me to do? Gotta get up, open the match. Gotcha. I could get him over. There you go. Ah, oh, so good. I could just see him. I could just see it through the mirror, through the window, just peeking out with that blonde ass hair. Ah, oh, that's so good. You should go as the Freebirds for Halloween. Oh, dude. I'll be Terry Gordy. Chappie could be Buddy Roberts. I gotta be Michael P.S.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know, Michael. Oh, dude, Puerto Ricans. so good. Oh, 
I just, it's so bad that it's good. Of course. It's, it's, but it's, and, and it's, and she goes, is that serious? I was like, oh yeah, that's serious. <laughs> serious is a heart attack. That's serious. I was like, look at him, Arch out. He's gonna. I, I, I don't want you to look at him too long. I said, I don't want you to be attracted to him, and I can't live up to purely sexy haze. Oh, it was so Jay good. Jay Hendrix. It was so bad. Uh, she's like, are you kidding me? I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then I was going to show him the, the, the free, bird, free Bird Road, and I was like, ah. No, that's she, terrible. She's seen enough Purely Sexy. She don't need to see any more. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm slowly turning into a... Fr- I, 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 I've always liked them. I love the story of the Free Birds. But their matches... Some matches in WCW were good. Other ones, they, they were far better in Mid-South, world-class, clearly. But they had some really good matches against the, the Young Pistols, I think. You know, personally. Cop Shadamus walking down Bad Street. I think I just found the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Uh, like you said, but it's like... I I got an idea. <laughs> I got, yeah, this is this is like classic Vince. I got an idea. Tell him Pritchard. Yeah, what about that Armstrong kid? Is he still here? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, man. Let Let's put a mask on him. Yeah. Let him fight the colored guy. Sir, you can't say that. Damn it, Paul. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, this six man tag. The Z man just came back from a really bad injury, apparently. Yeah. Teaming up with the Pistols. Uh. Tracy Smothers. Rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. Oh, my God. Oh. People, everybody dead in this match. Uh, Oliver Humperdinck is dead. Yeah. Brad Armstrong is dead. Yeah. Tom Zink is dead. Yeah. And what's his nuts is dead? Tracy Smothers. Tracy Smothers, R.I.P. It's, you know, this wasn't a bad match. Opening match, Southern su- Southern style wrestling. Now, like I said, I'm slowly, you know, I'm, I say slowly every, I slay it every week. So at this point, it's medium speed, <laughs> becoming into a huge Southern style wrestling fan, and it's it's good. The only thing I didn't like, and I think this is hilarious, is that, you know, I can see Michael Hayes going, "I got an idea. How do, how about you get one over on us? Not just a sunset flip, but all three of y'all get me in a sun, sunset flip." That's how we, it's hard enough to get a sunset flip victory. Well, but yeah. you get three in one match. So Zink and Armstrong go to the floor, and then the birds can flapjack Smothers onto the guardrail. Right? Awesome. Right? Yeah. He tries to get back into the ring, but Jimmy Jam kicks him off the apron off the, to the guardrail. Pretty <laughs> sick, right? Nice bump by Jimmy Jam, by the way. Yeah. Um. So now once Bad Street tosses Smothers into the ring, a PS6 brawl erupts. The faces all get dumped. And while the birds and Badgley turn away to pose, they regroup triple sunset flip for the three. One, two, three, or four, forty-nine. Way too spotty, but you know what? Yeah. Nevertheless, it was it was fun. It was a fun match, even though they fought each other four thousand fucking times. <laughs> but it's like like I said, it's kinda of, it's the young pistols, you know, Tracy's mother's can nothing could be you know, not enough could be said about him. But they really did have some decent matches, but they'd always happen to be the opening fucking match. Same thing with the Freebirds. Always the opening match. Like I said, it has to be. I'd love to look it up. next. We got to look it up next time. Three or four Clash of Champions have yeah. Young Pistols against Young Pistols against the Freebirds. So, and then, uh, but they, it was funny because it's a Clash of Champions. So it's like, it's a, it's a special event, but there's still... Going about it with a, a, a TV show aspect, like you know, Oz's day. De- you know, he didn't debut here. I'm sorry. Oh but Christ! The this next is match. His second showing. 
<laughs> the great wizard. Welcome to you know who that was, right? No. It was Kevin Sullivan. That was Kevin Sullivan? Yeah. Oh fuck. I had no yeah. idea. Welcome to Oz. Welcome to Oz. <laughs> so Oz, aka Wrestle Crap Kevin Nash, yeah. fights Tommy Rich's cousin. Is that Johnny. Johnny Rich? Johnny Rich. Oh my god, it was fucking terrible. Thank God it was quick. Yeah, I, I tell you, Kev looks good though. He did. He listen. He did. He, he looked good. He did. And like I said, it's just a, you know, it's a shit gimmick. It's you know, Dusty taking some mushrooms or some shit. You know, at this point, I was watching this um the colored version of the Wizard of Oz, the Turner put out. I got this idea. I got this idea that we used to make Kevin Nash, this new this big guy from Michigan, six foot ten, six foot ten, three hundred pounder, make him. The almighty Oz, if you will. <laughs> We're going to dye his hair. Crazy. We're going to dye his hair silver. <laughs> and Kevin Sullivan, you'll put him in a mask. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. And we'll, and somebody say something about my cousin wrestling Oz. <laughs> you want to talk about bad gimmicks? The next one? The Rep Master. Oh, P- God. And News. Wait for it. My name is News and I'm on the attack. Let the sucker in. Let me put him on his back. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. It was so bad that Salt from Salt and Pepper was like, who am I coming out with? Fuck y'all. I am not going. Fuck your couch. Yep, I am not going to that. Although Peppa did look good, though. Yeah. And this is back when Spinderella was still I, in the group. I, she went to my high school for like Sp- a year. Spinderella? I had a thing for her, yeah. Oh, Spinderella's... But supposedly it is... She's suing Salt and Pepper. She's not getting... No, they got beef. Yeah, they got yeah, beef. she's not getting a share of the royalties. She got some She got some heat. Salt and Pepper keeping it close to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had to... I got to break out Choppy's belt. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, your next match from Odessa, Florida, weighing 312 pounds and nearly seven feet tall. This is Dan Spivey, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwback with Phil and Jay and that pain in the ass It's true. Dan Spivey fighting Big Josh. You guys know him better as Maniac Matt. Or you guys know him better as Doink the the Clown. But I know him as Matt Bourne from the fucking, from Mid-South. Dude, he was chiseled. How much gas was he on? Fuck. Yeah, they gave him a terrible fucking gimmick. It, it, it was, yeah, it was terrible. Hindsight, in hindsight, it was terrible. But the axe handle thing was pretty cool. <laughs> she would say, I was talking about Dusty and Oz before. She goes, we're going to ease on down the road if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call down to Ross and Michael Jackson. Ah. And we gonna oh, ease, that's a good one. And we're going to ease on down the road with Oz, if oh, you will. That's good, Shannon. That's fantastic, Shannon. That is an inside reference if I've ever heard. Only, like I said, that's one of those, only a few people are going to get it, but when they get it, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Dan Spivey against Big Josh. So, I learned that Billy Jack Haynes was in WCW. I had no idea. Yeah, for a cup of coffee. Black blood. Black blood. Black, he was supposed to be a French fucking guy. Black blood. Black I had, blood. I had, look, I had to look up a few black blood matches. Black thanks, blood. Thanks for doing your homework. Yeah. You know, you know, 
<laughs> only the co-host of a podcast. Yeah, well, that's why I had to look it up. I was Thanks, like, "Thanks, buddy. I appreciate Billy, you." Billy Jack Haynes. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here." As Bobby Heenan would say, "Billy Jerk." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Big Josh. Um, this is probably his biggest match to date, unless he, you you uh, count Black Bart from Super Brawl. <laughs> I don't. Uh. Um, but all of a sudden. Here comes Kevin Sullivan out of his Oz costume, oh, right? With the hair, he with had the hair. He took the he took the mask off and left the hair the same. Correct, and he break he that's exactly what he did, and he breaks the crutch over Big Josh, yeah. And and of course Josh no sells it because he's you know because he's Matt Bourne, yeah. And he's a lumberjack, he's a lumberjack, <laughs> Jay, yeah. And then but sells the clothesline by Spivey, mm-hmm. and then the bridging and a nice bridging German suplex, yes, for a fucking seven footer. I always like Dan Spivey. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, and he pins him for the one, two, three, at two forty nine. Leads to an angle between Sullivan's new black blood freak, <laughs> black blood, black blood. And then they go into the WCW's top ten list. Which you know what I I, I remember them doing this. You know, and 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 certain points. I think uh, ninety three was another time during this. But uh, you know, AEW's. You know, they they've done it. They haven't mentioned it in quite a while now, but. Um, I like I like the point system. It makes sense. It, it's the only thing that makes sense in wrestling: wins and losses. You know, and it's easy to follow. It's easy to 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 see where somebody ends up in the storyline. Mid South was really known for it. Correct? If I if I'm getting that the I'm, top ten, the top ten list. Um, at, a, at the end, I mean, they all did it, but I mean, it was just it was more prominent with WCW. They they made it a thing. You yeah. know. Okay. Um, so now your next sec. So let's go, we'll go to do the top 10. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is Steve Austin. Number nine is the one man gang. Number eight, Barry Windham. Number seven, Arn Anderson. Number six, Sting. Sting. Number five, Nikita Koloff. Number four, the world TV champion, beautiful Bobby. Why is he number three, but Elegante? Yeah. Number two is the great Muta. 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 And, of course, number one contender is the United States Heavyweight Champion, the total package, Lex Luger. And your world heavyweight champion is Ric Flair. Yeah. Now we go to the Danger Zone, starring everybody's favorite, Paul Lee Dangerously. And his guest tonight is the Wonder Years, Jason Hervey, who's not only the ex-boyfriend of Missy Hyatt, but once Wonder Years went off the air, Hervey became an executive producer for WCW. Jason Hervey was dating Missy Hyatt. Just let that sink in. Not only was he dating Missy Hyatt. He was Hyatt, smashing it. He was smashing Missy Hyatt when Missy Hyatt looked like Missy fucking Hyatt. Yeah, before she was a fucking burning candle. Oh, like a burning holy shit. I mean, listen. I mean, listen. You know me. I My my, my taste in the, the Queen's listening, so I got to watch out what I say, especially when Lady Blossom comes on later. Listen, are you going home to the Queen? Yes. Then the Queen ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> but, uh... It, it, but Missy Hyatt, listen, she plastic surgery just ruins some people. She was like a melted candle. But let's uh, let's take you now to Paul Heyman, shall we? Yeah. All right. Four, uh. We are back here on TBS. My name is Paul E. Dangerously, and this is the Danger Zone. My guest this evening, as all the papers across the country have reported to you, is the wise-cracking older brother of Fred Savage on the hit TV show, The Wonder Years. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
and whatever else is watching this live television show, this is Jason Hervey! Thank you very much, Mr. T. And of course, the computer fucking freezes. Sorry for coming out here tonight on the Danger Zone. You have showed a lot of guts for answering my challenge. First of all, wasn't the Wonder Years last year one of the top two or three shows on TV? Yeah. You know, I've been wondering about that because if the Wonder Years was one of the two or three top shows, then you and Fred Savage must be two of the biggest stars in TV. Well, it's you know, I've been thinking about that myself. If you and Prince Savage are two of the biggest stars on TV, let's be honest, between you and me, TV star to TV star, you're making a lot of money, right? Well, you know, if you're making a lot of money, if you're making, you're dating Missy Hyatt, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're dating Missy Hyatt and you gotta share a lot of, I'm good with this kind of thing. Do you have a new car? Well, yeah, I do. I have a new car, big TV star. You have a new house? Yeah, so what does this have to do with anything? You have a new car, you have a new house. My dad's a lawyer. I'm good with prenuptial agreements. You and Missy Hyatt, are the two of you in love with each other, Mr. TV Star? Well, Paulie, let me tell you something. I just want to know. And I think all the people actually in Knoxville want to know, how did it feel to get your butt kicked by a woman? Okay, I see where this is leading. Let's go over what we've accomplished here, Mr. Hervey. You got a new house. Yeah. You got a new car. Yeah, so what? If everything in your life is new, how come your girlfriend is used merchandise? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Paulie, dangerously. I didn't come out here to get slandered by you. I didn't come out here to get insulted. If you want to talk about Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Sting, yeah, I'll talk to you about that. But as far as I'm concerned, this interview is over! I don't blame you for that. Not at all. Oh, good grief! He just, he hit the kid right in the back of the head! That phone is, good grief. His telephone is, here comes Missy! He bursts that phone right over Jason Hervey's head! Can you believe the audacity of Paulie Dangerously? This kid had his back to it! And Jason is out cold. He is out cold. And Missy What's worse, Jay? Let me let's let's play this game. What's worse? Wait, Jason Harvey dated Missy Hyatt? Yeah, Shaylin. That's unbelievable. She was she was ten years nearly it, her. She mentioned it on, on Austin's podcast too. She ten years nearly older than him. What's worse, Jay? Getting hit by Paulie Dangerously, who can't fight? Blindsided, or having your girlfriend run out and save you? Yeah, but his girlfriend was Missy Hyatt, though. Missy really wasn't known for. I mean, she got she got a little like she got she got. I mean, once in a while she got into a little couple scra scrapples. Yeah, but, I mean, she wrestled, but but, but she more yeah, it was more scraps than wrestling. Yeah, but so like what, what's, I agree. What's worse? But he's also nineteen or twenty at this point. Yeah, but like 
you know, Haven's got to have enemies in the back. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, listen, you got to give Hervey a lot of credit. He, it wasn't one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that wasn't. No, no, it was a good segment. No, it was and a good segment. He did the right thing, you know. And but there's a small window where Paulie backs away as Hervey's turning around, and it's just it, it just proves to the to the genius that is. That is Heyman, where he was, he that moment, that fleeting moment, he was like, okay, I want nothing to do with this. And then as soon as Herbie turns around, he cracks him with this. The cell phone broke way before it hit him in the head. <laughs> if you watch it, slowed down. But, uh, God, Heyman is good. But, yeah, I, I, I see what you say. I, I think Missy High coming down to save you is, is worse. But, man, watching her run down. Whew. All the way live, Jake. All the way live. All the way. <laughs> he was all the way I've live. been waiting all Missy, week. Missy Hyatt. It, it was Missy Hyatt, and I'm going to say something about Lady Blossom later, because if you put Missy Hyatt's face on Lady Blossom, well, one, you probably couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> but uh, it would just be, it would make, you know, that much better. But <laughs> all the way live, Missy Hyatt. Looked all good. the way live. All the way live. All right, Jay, your next match, well, they call him the natural. Natural! Dustin Rhodes versus the computerized man in the 90s, Terrence Taylor. With Alexandra York and the roughneck, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> um, I like this match. I once again, I liked. I love Dustin Rhodes. I I love the natural gimmick. I I he was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid. Um, you know, did not knew know much about wrestling at this point. You know, I just knew that he was like, wow, this guy's young. This guy's full of fire. Excellent match. But his moveset has not changed that much in, in 30 years or so. <laughs> he was doing kind of the same amount of moves, which is good, but... Yeah, the match is all right. Um, Rhodes brings up his boot to block a charge and flip-flop flies his yeah. way to the Bulldog. Uses on the apron while the ref with the ref while Dustin has Terry Taylor pinned. Rhodes nails used and turns around and then there's Ricky Morton. Yeah. Match gets thrown out. Just crowbarred in. You at four twenty seven. Morton distracts Rhodes with a handshake long enough for Ryu's to slip out the, the dreaded black glove and pops Dustin in the back. Yeah. Ricky Morton starts stomping as you new member of the York Foundation. Um and then of course here comes Big Josh with his axe handle. Yeah. I, I I like that part. The Dustin's aid and scares all the boys away with the axe handle. Uh, what do you, what, what's your thought on the York Foundation? For the time? For the time. I Alexandria think York was a smoke show. She bro. was. She was a smoke show. And supposedly she was just a, a makeup artist in the back. Yeah, she was. Yeah. But and then she started dating Dusty Thun. Dusty. That's right, baby. This is my big thun. Is that a big mule? What's your, what's your name? Terry, Terry Boatwright? Oh, we can't be using ooh, that. Ooh, that smell. That Boatwright? That, is it? That's how you. That's how you say it. Uh, you're gonna be Alexandra York. <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna walk around with a four thousand pound laptop <laughs> from 1991. Strap it to your shoulder, <laughs> like a book bag, if you will. <laughs> oh. Ooh, Lord, we got a mess here. Look at this barbecue. Oh. Wow. But uh. Wow. But yeah, I I I like the gimmick. I'm telling you, I really did. I I you know Terry Taylor to me. I, I've said it on this show probably countless times. I never get it. I never. I've never gotten it. Terry Taylor to me, excellent worker. You know, um, but his push in 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 
in Mid South never made sense. Still doesn't make sense to me. Terry Taylor. Yeah, Terry Taylor was fantastic. Ah, fantastic. And then they merged the TV titles. Him and Nikita Koloff had a great match. Yeah, uh, that was a good match. Uh, ah, you're bugging out. Uh, uh, we're gonna agree to disagree. All right. So Jay. Johnny B. Bad's coming to an arena near you. <laughs> hey, parents, explain that. <laughs> explain that to your fucking ten-year-old uh, son about I'm a bad man. Yeah, you're and you wear I'm makeup. So pretty. And I'm so pretty. Yeah. You know, if if you didn't know, you'd see Johnny B. Bad and go, "Is that Dusty Rhodes in like drag and a tan? Because like, it's, it's just it's, it's exactly now this guy, is. Jay." This is Mark Merrill, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwbacks with Phil J and that pain in the ass choppy. That's right, That's awesome, Mark Merrill. Even what Mark a Ma- what a fucking talent. Yeah, I, I, under underappreciated talent. I mean, he got his due in the E. You know, he had a nice little run there. Yeah, you know, but you know, but here, Johnny B. Bay, like I said, he was the opening match mainstay. Come ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, so. Next match, uh, they had the re- they showed the recap of uh, Nikita, Nikita and Sting, yeah, and uh, the Russian sickle with the chain. I th- was that one of the only times that Sting ever bladed? Because that I I don't really remember Sting bleeding that much. Um, maybe rare. I'm not, but um, it was cool to see, and you know, Nikita just, you know, this 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 would be a great question for you is. You know, obviously Nikita, Jim Crockett, WCW, um, but he was he was never really never really wrestled many other places, correct? No, no, he was kind of homegrown. Yeah, he was. I know. I think he was smart with his money. I know that. I know. And he became a Christian. Yeah, and, you know. But he, um, you know, I, I'm with Nikita Koloff. I'm very, I'm yin and yang with him, like his. His heel run was so fucking badass. Yeah, he had title matches with Flair, which led up to him, which led up to Flair and Dusty with the breaking of the leg and the, and the Omni, the whole cage match thing. Uncle Ivan Koloff had yes. the men, a, a Paul Jones that was a perfect marriage. Then when they turned him, and he became the superpowers with with Dusty because Magnum at that point was wrecked. Yeah, so I feel like they they had to fill a void. Obviously, they weren't going to fill a void popularity-wise because Magnum T.A. was so good. Yeah. Nikita wasn't terrible. They shoot horn him in a little bit. They did. They did. But I... He's one of those guys where I appreciated him more when I got older. Yeah, because I... I, You know, and it led me into look him up a little bit where I was just like, man, this guy really didn't do much outside. And it's probably that he didn't have to. Maybe he was smart with his money, whatever the case may be. But he wasn't one of these guys, and especially to know that he, one, he lived the gimmick, which is amazing. Yeah, from Minnesota, we had a you know, fake Russian accent. Especially for fucking kayfabe, you and know? And he'll tell you, he, he admits it all the time that it was a terrible accent, but he but they ate it up. Yeah. He had the look. Yeah. He wasn't terrible in the ring, per se. No. He was... Flair made him look like a million bucks. Yeah, he was... He had some. He had some snoozes with Luga, though. He, yeah, he was a little. He was a little lumbering. Yeah, at times, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he was. But he was passable. I yeah, think no, passable I, would be the right 100%, word to say. Hundred percent. Um, but this match, I, 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 dude, listen. Um, there's very there's Jim Ross iconic calls, Stone Cold Stunner, all this stuff. But early '90s Jim Ross with Sting, with that. 
with the crowd swell behind Jim Ross calling it the stinker splash. And, you know, that and I was going to say the same thing, too, about the Steiner line. But maybe it's something to do with the ST fucking. Maybe it's just his accent with the ST fucking emphasis on it. But he, uh, he just iconic for, and nostalgia. As soon as I heard it, it's just like it's funny because you could just go, oh, man, I remember this when I was seven. Like it's yeah. just, it takes you automatically back there, and um, Sting just playing. God, he was so good at playing the babyface. He was. Um, at one point, uh, Nikita nails Sting and then tries another tombstone pile. Hit him with a tombstone. By the way, driver. that was a scary fucking tombstone. It was a little, little, it was a little Bobby, um, a little uh, Ahmed Johnson ish. Yeah. If uh, if I can make that reference so boldly, Sting reverses it into one of his own. Then Koloff actually sells the move. Sting starts his comeback. The splash misses, but so does the sickle. Yes, and then fucking Sting rolls him up for the one, but, two, well, three. And, and it's and it's and the match the match went long. I think the match was what about ten minutes, twelve minutes somewhere. If around you there? watch the Magnum Nikita match from '86. It kind of has that same vibe to it. Oh, I'd have to check that. I never. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved it because Sting got very little. It was there was moments of offense where he would catch him with something, and you know, and and Sting was always backpedaling. And but like Shivani did this great thing where, and the camera maybe this is something where they worked it out backstage. Maybe this is where you know agents were were back there. Hey, listen, at this point, you know, go for a rest hold, but. They, the camera zoomed in on Sting's face, and you could see the fire, you know, start up and Sting and Shivani caught it. It it was a perfect, it was a perfect um, amalgamation of of everything in there. And Sting just coming back from from the dead. Oh, I loved it. I loved this match. I, I everything about it, I loved. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed that match as well. Um, Sting gets to win at nine minutes and thirty three seconds. Yeah. A very story is very 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 well told. Very well mm-hmm. done. Well, unfortunately, Jay, we have to go back to the Ratmaster PN uh, News. Yes. Yeah, let's uh let's take you now to uh that. Here's joined by next place platinum recording stars, Peppa and Spinderella Peppa. of the rap group, Salt and Peppa! God, Shivani, could you be any more white? PN News making his way to the ring, one of the most popular new sensations in world championship wrestling. The Ratmaster. The representatives from the great group Salt and Pepper. We're glad to have them here on TBS. I'm PM News here to let you know I'm here to bum rush this show. I'm from the streets. Not doing crime, that's why I crush sucker wrestlers all the time. My name is News, and I'm on the attack. Check me out later, cause I'll be back. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo! I said, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo! Yo, Knoxville! It's like, all right. It's like, all yo, right, and then just he's like, shut up, news. <laughs> oh, that Salt is and Pepper, Salt and Pepper were f- prominent. You know, nineteen ninety one. They were prominent. 
They Let's talk about sex, baby. Platinum recording artists, yep. well-respected in the game, put women's rap on the fucking map, them, MC Light, Roxanne Shante, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? How much money did Turner throw at Salt and Pepper to show up for this shit show of a rap attack for PN News? <laughs> it couldn't be enough money to get Salt there. <laughs> Cheryl James. Uh, either way, dude. Like, you get two-thirds of one of the hottest groups yeah. on the planet coming out to PN News who can't even rap. Oh, God, it was cringeworthy. Like, oh, I I don't know. Definitely, but, Spinderella had to be in the back going, what the fuck am I doing What the here? fuck am I doing here? David, Ted Turner just better pay me. That's all I'm yeah. saying, son. And then, uh, the, and then... You know, Teddy Long and Johnny B. Bad come out. And, yeah, Johnny's the original rap master. Hush, Teddy. Yeah. He's just pretty. Yeah. And PN <laughs> News is ugly. <laughs> so good. And then, and then, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. They get into a little skirmish, and uh, PM New- PN News just pushes Johnny B. Bad. And Johnny B. Bad just looks up and goes, okay, yeah, he pushed me, so that's enough. And then he just he just leaves the ring. Like, there's not, nothing happens after that. Like, th- I thought maybe there'd be... Get Peppa involved, slap Johnny B. Bad, slap Teddy Long. No, nothing. Just slap somebody. Ends cold. Like, someone's getting slapped, someone's right, Someone's getting Jay? slapped. Someone's getting slapped, son. I want to see somebody get slapped around there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, that, that was that was a, that was a, and this is where, <laughs> this is where it started. Whoop. Went right off the ledge because it oh, lost me here. Oh, man. This next, this next match, I'm Do so. Do you have the Brian Pillman DVD? The Loose Cannon? Yes. This is on it, you know. This match, yeah. Ooh, I had the DVD. I remember I had the DVD years ago. I I, pro- I know I've seen this match in the past because I remember that spot coming off the shoulders. But I am more upset about the booking. Well, this is after the second half of '90. Fucking Oli buried him. Pillman makes this huge leap on the call with great matches with the Horsemen, right? But this match, I don't know what the fuck. Well, this has got to be one of those herd is going. All right, you look at you look at all four competitors. You got you got so it's Brian Pillman and his best friend El Gigante, El, El Gigante whatever that fucking name is. Gigante, Gigante, uh, against Barry Windham and Arn Anderson. Now, Phil, I never asked you this question before, but which one of those names should be taking a fall in a loser leaves WCW match? Exactly, El Gigante. And he's so clearly heard's going. All right, Dusty. We need to get uh, we need to get George over. You know his you know his story, right? Yeah, he was a he was a basketball player or something in yeah. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. And he and and he was he was gonna be on the Hawks, right? Right. So he was a Turner project. Yes. So Hurd's going. Well, we need to get him over. Um, Billionaire Ted. So uh, <laughs> we got to keep him strong. But I I don't know. Even like looking at it, let's. Let's put on our book a hat really quick, because this really kind of did make me mad. Because like, if you look at Pillman, you know what? Oli's fucking talking shit about you. Now Dusty comes in. You think you're going to be saved by Dusty, right? He shits on you. Yeah. And and listen, I love Dusty. There's nothing I you know, but sometimes his book and things doesn't does you know is a little left to be desired. You know, fucking Bill Watts comes in to follow wow. you. <laughs> Bill Watts comes in the following year, shits on him, you know. So I don't know. This is like starting that area of going. Well, maybe this is why fucking he turned crazy, you know. Whatever the case may be. 
Do you know who else hated Dusty Rhodes? Who? Gary Hart. Tell you, I know one thing about you, Dusty Rhodes. You're like your mama and your daddy who died drunk in a ditch when he was 42. You were born no good. Dickest Murdoch ain't no better. It's birds of a feather. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, but, geez, so, so we, so Pillman takes the loss. But by the way, I, th- this is a great match. I, f- for what it was, once again, for what it was, it was a great match. Fucking El Gigante doesn't get in the match. Pillman's a workhorse. You know, flying around the ring, doing great. Barry Windham looks great here. That kick to the face by Barry Windham. You mean the Randy Orton-ish un- kick to the face? Fucking, by, yeah. by the way. Spot, uh, that was spot of the match. Spot of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because, yeah. well, maybe it was a spot of the night because there's one more later on. Oh, no, spot of the match. The yeah, match. the match, 100%. You, at one point, the next match was yes. the spot of the night. At one point, it looked like Wyndham caught caught when uh, caught Pillman in the face with a punch, but man, Wyndham is j- probably the best worker here, bar none. Because dude, he looked like he took his fucking head off. It looked so good, and the camera fucking missed it. Originally, your main camera missed it. We had to see it on replay. What the fuck, WCW? But anyway, why not have? El Gigante lose because Pillman loses. He comes back, what, a few weeks later as the masked yellow dog. Yellow dog, which is a dusty gimmick. Which is a dusty gimmick. It it would be fucking better if you put the big seven-foot fucking seven. I was going to say retard. <laughs> you could say retard. You could put him in the mask. That would make much more sense. It's like the Andre. It's like the Andre in the machines mask, the giant machines it's not Andre. It's, it's in him. You, it, it, it writes itself. What the hell were you burying <laughs> Brian Pillman for? I was fucking upset watching this. I, was like, I think, wa-. but I think people are are upset now because they they know more what Brian was. Yeah, but you I, were six years old. You didn't know what Brian Pillman was going to be when you were six years old. No, you're right. I didn't. But but in the same sense, like if I was, you know, if I was twenty six, I I yeah, I was, you you'd be sitting looking at the TV going. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make sense to yeah, me. I, I was 16 doing like, yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, can we get rid of this big chooch? I think at this point, I, and at this point, if I'm not mistaken, Pillman had a great match with, with Flair earlier this year. With the whole horseman. Yeah, yeah. earlier this oh, year. Oh, no, yeah. He had U.S. title matches the, with Lugo. What the fuck are you burying Pillman for? So to me, that's where it screams an inside job. That's why Pillman turned loose cannon. Case closed. I'm a fucking genius. That's how it <laughs> happened. That's how he went crazy. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> Just thought of it now. God damn, I'm hurt. I'm good. <laughs> Fucking making Brian Pillman crazy, WCW. You're the reason why he's right. dead. So Wyndham shoves Pillman off the top and then kicks him in the face like Jay says. Great Randy, fucking spot. Randy Orton style for but the even, one, but, two, but three. But almost even, it was better than Randy Orton. Oh, it was it Randy was, Orton-ish, though. Because, cause, and then it was the perfect, because of course we, you know, we had to see it on instant replay, WCW, because you suck. Pillman was working his way up. God, it looked so good. Oh, it was so good. I, I, I actually really did like that. I forgot how much I liked that match. Well, the next match is the match of the night. Bar none. And it shouldn't have been. Well, because of the, the main event, which on paper looks amazing. But yes. we'll talk about that in a few minutes. For the IWGP Tag Team Championship, Rick and, Stotts, Rick and Scott Steiner versus... 
the mafia kickmaster, Masahiro Chono, and the great Hiroshi Hase. Yes. This is the first time the, stra- the New Japan titles have been defended on American TV. But the Steiners have the NWA tag team titles, which means Chono and Hase aren't taking any titles back with them tonight at all, apparently. Yeah. The Steiners have beaten Sasaki and Hase over in Japan, and it was match of the year by the Wrestling Observer, by the way. Uh, Scott and Hase started the match. Both men are experts in the amateur shoot, right? Uh, Scotty gets kicked out to the floor with an insiguri. Yeah. Uh, then comes back and hot shots it for a two. Hase bridges up and out of the uh, the knuckle lock. Yeah. And fucking blasts Scotty with a Booker T hook kick. Like that, the crowd goes. Cr- the, yeah, the crowd. You said the unglued. Suit. Yeah, the club. The crowd is unglued now. Did you see point. that ninety-seven-year-old grandmother in the, the sign? in the front oh, row? Oh, she was the best. Just bowling them out. She was the best. So then, this is awesome. Rick tag. Rick Rick tags in and gets his headgear shattered by a mafia kick from Dude, Chono. It looked brutal. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. and then but then Rick is. Going and he the first one shattered it, but he kept going back in for like two or three more. Right, so Rick bounces off the ropes for a Steiner line and just fucking <laughs> and he and and it was just like and it's just like Chono, here's the receipt, bro. Boom, took him but out. Then another mafia kick and then an elbow drop and off Chono off of Scott's um, shoulders. Chono hits a spinning back chop, and then so Rick can tag in. He can tag in Hase, who then releases the German. Hase had a sick German suplex, yeah. by the way. Um, Hase reverses the whip and give, gives Rick a fireman's carry slam and then assists Chono in a flying shoulder block. Then Chono fucking straps on the STF. And it looks that's his, that's his, that was his other finisher. Yeah. Um, step, what is it? Step turnover face, face lock. lock. Yeah. Step, uh, step, step over turn toe. Toe lock, face lock, something like that. I figured it would toe While hold. Scott and Hase brawl out to the floor, Scotty gives him a suplex onto the floor and breaks the hold in the ring. Then a double yeah. KO spot leads to a hot tag to Scott. Scotty does the Steiner line. Dude, first off, it's not even a Steiner line. Like, like Rick, Scott, Rick, Rick Steiner does the Steiner line. We all know that. Rick Steiner has the... He probably... I mean, Stan, Stan, you know, Stan Hansen, obviously probably the worst clothesline, you know, not the worst, but you know what I mean? Like the fucking stiffest clothesline we ever see in your life because yeah. he's taking your head off. Right. And plus he's legally blind. Yeah. So he wants to make sure he hits you. But as a working, <laughs> as a working clothesline, Rick's looked just looked amazing. Menacing. Yes. Menacing. It looked so bad. Tilt the world, tiger driver, belly to belly, Chono breaks the pin, dumps Rick. The Japanese team comes off the ropes, and then Rick trips up Chono. Hase runs into a Frankenstein. Yeah. For the win at 814. But that's not all, Jay. No. That's not all. Well, I just I just want to say, you know, the the match as soon as that insecurity spot happened with Hase and, and, and Scotty Steiner in the beginning, at that point, nonstop action. Motspock says, great job, Jay Booker Man Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jay. And uh, it was nonstop action. And I'm As... telling you, Scott Steiner laid Hase. Uh, there was no doubt. It was uh, That's why I said to Phil, we were talking off, off the air, it was like, I was like, dude, I don't know if it was getting chippy, but Ste- Scott Steiner... It was the hardest clothesline. I, it was like the you know when Stevie Richards hit 
JBL in the head with the clothes with with the chair. Like it was like a fucking shoot chair. This was a shoot fucking clothesline. <laughs> I don't think they they threw a lot of fake clotheslines. That they were super stiff. They were they were meant for Japan, the Steiners. And and one other thing I noticed because I was waiting for it, and I was at first upset, and then I just go, fucking genius, because. Scott Steiner, I was waiting for the Steiner screwdriver because obviously we all know he did it in Japan. It was against Hase. I think he was wearing the orange tights. I could be getting that wrong. It might have been against that match with with, uh, Sasaki. I was waiting for the Steiner screwdriver, and it didn't happen. And I was like, fuck, man, I really wanted to see it. And then I just go, what a fucking genius Scott (laughs) Steiner is. I'm a, I only do that for Japan money, bitch. Like you know Japan what I Japan money. Fucking genius. He said Japan money. Um, so that's not all, obviously. Yeah. Dick Slater and Dirty Dick Murdoch come in and beat everybody up. What sucks about this though is what people don't know is the few didn't even get anywhere. Yeah. Cause fucking Scotty tore his bicep. Yeah. Um, would have been fucking better with Sasaki. I mean, Sasuke was a little Sasuke, uh, Kensuke Sasaki was a little better than Hase, but Either way, I mean, uh, Chono or whatever, in terms of ring work. Ring, yeah. But. Different style. Different style, but this definitely fucking, if you're going to Meltzer it, I give it almost like five, four and a half yeah, stars. You got it. It's this a fucking was, good match. It, this was something, and especially, you know, watching it with a different with a different set of eyes sometimes. Like, you're trying to be analytical. Like, this, as the match is happening, I just, you just get lost. You just get lost in the action. Um just everything, everything about it. Uh, Hase's selling was just, just top notch. God, he was so good. And it's Steiners have this great, this great uh, effect of being heels and baby face. They're heels in the way that they're baby faces, and baby faces in the way that they heels because they, they did kind of blur the line a little bit because they were chippy in a sense of also where they weren't rule breakers but they were fucking Nick Patrick made his money that this match because he was non-stop kicking guys out I thought at some point it was going to end in a double disqualification I was like oh that's the only way you get out of this and but you know the Steiners go over and like you said and then I had no idea at uh, Dick Murdoch and Dick Slater were in WCW at this point, and this and this was, and then reading about it that it didn't never really went anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But that's a great fucking gimmick, the hardliners. I was like, oh shit, that would have been a great fucking feud. Yeah. And then once again, reeks of Dusty, be like, ah, oh, you know what? I got the book now, I baby. I got some friends. Yo, Dickie, Dickie, Dickie Slater, two birds of a feather. <laughs> um, I don't like Texas. Yeah. Anyway, so Jay, somebody say something about diamonds. Oh God. Did somebody say something about diamonds? How is he a former world champion? And you are jobbing. Jobbing. I listen, Scott Scott Hall fucking beat, dude, especially at this point. Like he was he was gassed, bro. Without a doubt. I mean, he was a little less gassed than AWA Scott Hall, but he was in great he was shape. Fucking diesel. So now, and it made me think of 96. When Scott Hall goes back to WCW and, you know... I got to get something to drink. Keep talking. And when they go back to WCW and, you know, the E starts, puts puts WCW kind of on notice going, hey, listen, guys, uh, you can't be using, you know, this gimmick. 
You know, he's he, you know, you're 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 he's you're acting like he's part of us. But meanwhile, 1991 Diamond Stud is fucking Razor Ramon to the toothpick, to the fucking toothpick, and it's just like. Granted, mine is the Cuban fucking accent, but like at that point, like I was just like, oh, if I was WCW, that I would just be pulling up this, this, you know, this card and go, well, last I checked, this is Scott Hall attached to it, but um, you know, Di- Diamond Dallas Page coming out, good God, you know, with that fucking, with that Jersey accent, oh, it's a Diamond Doll. She just got blown away <laughs> when she ripped off the she ripped off the coveralls or whatever. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Tommy Rich jobbing. You know, it was you know, it was four or five minutes, you know, it was two just, minute match. Oh, it was two minutes? Oh one minute fifty nine seconds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Tommy too Rich. Much credit. Yeah, Tommy Rich. Wait. You know, he had a little offense in the match. The raises edge. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody say something about taking taking a big bump. Get up. My diamonds. Dusty, you gotta up my pay. <coughs> I can't do it. My my voice my voice don't hold that. But to me, uh, how are you you he definitely talk about conspiracy theories. He definitely did some fucking man man stuff with with, with uh Jim Barnett to in order to get that <laughs> Somebody say something about reach around. Yeah. You know. So somebody say something about a rusty trombone. I'm sorry, but how are you f- Former NWA champion. What? Four year, five years prior? What was when was he champion? Eighty six? No. Eighty seven? Eighty. Eighty one, something like that. Oh, that, that long ago? Oh yeah, never mind. All Early eighties. Right. Never mind. Yeah, eighty three. I think you're right. I think it was eighty three. So then we go, uh, apparently Jim Ross has a kid at ringside dress like Sting. <sighs> Why would they not flip flop the fucking spots? Sting just had this hard-fought match. He's in the back. All of a sudden, repaints his face, puts on a fucking muscle tee, and he's so fucking... Come on, meets the kid. 100%. Yeah, 100% Sting. It's dope that Nikita comes out. And awesome. Jack. But how about Doug Dillinger doing his job, finally? Yeah. Not letting... That dude never works. Yeah. <laughs> his biggest job was walking Goldberg to the ring. <laughs> he was fucking useless, Doug Dillinger. But uh, I, I, I loved it, especially in 91... You know, the kid was obviously a plant. You know, the mom jumped the railing, you know, blurring the lines of work and shoot. I love that stuff, especially when you could see it in its infancy. Um, and especially at the end when he hit him, he hit him with the sickle with the chain on it. And the kid came over to check on him. It it was good. It got the point over. It was. Yeah. I, I I loved it. it. Just that, that was probably the best storyline of the night. Is is um, Sting and Nikita? Yeah. That told a really good story. Yeah. From Super Brawl and him keep, him coming up going. before them. Yeah. Jumping him after the interview, whatever. Yeah. All right. So th- this is not because I don't like Lex Luger, but Lex is the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Why is he fighting for? He is automatically the number one contender. Yeah, in in the NWA and now in WCW, if you're the U.S. champion, you're technically not technically you are the number one contender for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, why is he fighting Great Muda for the for a title shot? I don't mind him fighting Great Muda. I adore Great Muda. Yeah. I love the Great Muda. He was just not used properly. He was a uh, he did does a tour this year and you know he he I don't know 
they made more emphasis on fucking Bill Kazmaier sitting ringside. Yeah, I didn't like that either. You know, he fills in for Scott Steiner. I, I was going to say. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And well, nothing against Bill. He just couldn't wrestle. Yeah. But, but this uh, match, criminally short, considering that I don't like Lex Luger. This is where, so once again, because it's WCW, they fuck things up. Somebody's whoever's in charge of timing the show, they it it starts going off the rails here. You know, this match was like you said. I think it's perfectly put. Criminally short, because I the ending was genius. Oh uh, yeah, and 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 that's the finish was just so good, and we very rarely ever give Lex Luger credit here. No, no, I I listen. I'll give him his due. Oh, he's yeah. Right. I I I just could, I just never liked him. Yeah. So Muda goes for the handspring, his signature handspring elbow. Dude, I don't know if he meant it, it. If you ask me, with the first time I seen it, it looked like he was supposed to hit the turnbuckle. He it, it, it was an accident. I think that's he an slides accident. off the turnbuckle and he it's a he hits that fucking floor. It was a pretty sick bump. Yeah, that's it was insane. So and the turnbuckles were bad anyway tonight. Um, yeah, it's because Scotty slipped off his. If you remember any other match, <laughs> <laughs> just put that out. But it, there. but it actually, but it, but it worked in that match though, right? But he still slipped. It, it worked. A, but it, if you think about it too, they like, made it work because it's like, oh shit, I gotta get off this. Oh shit, I slipped. Like, yeah, it no, of in course, the match. yeah, it absolutely, worked. absolutely. So get, get back in the ring, Luga. Blocks the green mist with his arms and finishes Luger with the power slam. But not only did he, not only did he block it with his arm, but it, 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 and he did a great job. You could see right, as, right. as soon as the bell rings, like you could see, it's his his eyes are clear. But Luger did this great thing of he sold it just a small amount. Like oh shit, some some still got a little bit in there, and but he was still able to get the power slam. Like it, that to me. Genius! It's the, it's the small things that you can catch sometimes that I think really make the difference. But fuck, fuck, Muda should not be jobbing like that. In my opinion, Jesus, why was he not? We should have been a champion. Should have. This should have been just for the U.S. title. I yes, did not need to be a title shot. Did not need Luka to be a title shot. should have had a title shot regardless. Should have been for he was the U.S. US champion. Belt. Yeah, and I think and I think I know Muda's won the TV belt. He's been t- he's been TV champion. And he, has he been U.S. champion? No, he's fucking. It's a goddamn shame. Let's, all right, we got to get WCW back and get Muda there to win the belt. We have to make we have to write Muda's these fucking Noah champ. I think right now we have to write these wrongs. Uh, <laughs> I love the great Muda. Now me too. Since Jay got here, all I fucking heard about was Lady Blossom. <laughs> all right. That and Steve Austin's got a thing for blondes, I've realized. He does. <laughs> this is very early in Austin's WCW run. Very early. They had just gotten him like yeah. a couple of months prior. Yeah, if even. So his former company, World Class, has been gone, long gone, and they ate up what was left of the Memphis territory, right? Yeah. CWA, AWA, whatever. Um, and he fights Jumping Joey Mags. Joey Mags. By the way, they, they before. Before the match started, the you know where it was before the commercial break, they had um, a highlight reel of Austin. The highlight reel was longer than the actual match with Jumpin' Joey Mags. It was twenty five seconds. This match was. It's it's a shame. Austin hits the stun gun for the three count on Joey Mags. No time flat. 
Lady Blossom has some huge hammers. Huge. Look great. Oh. God, but she was... She was responsible for the Stone Cold gimmick, too. Yes, Drink your tea. It's going to go stone cold. Hello. Yeah. Hello, governor. Let me see your wanker. And he... um, But Austin, one, looks weird with long hair. Looks very weird with long hair. Um, (laughs) Jay Cop came out swinging tonight, they said, in the chat room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know... But it got the point across. Stunned Steve, like you said, everybody always said it. He was Paulie put him in a dangerous alliance. To, you know, a few months from now, puts him in a dangerous alliance and where he needs to be. Um, star on the rise, and it was here. You know, it was it was slow. I, I granted the match twenty, you know, twenty something seconds. What, what what can you do? You know, Joey Max. I didn't know much about. It. I just know he was a. I yeah. know he's just a. Uh, what you were called an enhancement guy? Yeah, he was a job guy. <clears throat> he was like a you know, he was a, he was like a he was 90s version of the Mulkies. Yeah, and you know? uh, but man, Lady Blossom, whoo, they couldn't get enough close ups for me. Lady Blossom is is this. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have to isolate that. And I'm going to every every week. I'm gonna have an all the who's 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 Jay's all the way live chick. That's right. So this is Jay's new Jay's new segment. All the way live. Lady Blossom is all the way live. All the way live. Cool, I, yeah. I couldn't couldn't get enough of her. That's awesome. Man. But uh, all right. So Black Blood's coming to an, an, an arena near you. Hopefully he won't chop your head off. Black Richard Morton comes out now in a suit to officially announce his allegiance to the York Foundation. If you, if you, if you were becoming, if you were coming from Ricky Morton to becoming Richard Morton, wouldn't you get rid of the fucking mullet? The mullet does not fit on that suit. Okay, backstory. Ricky Morton hated this. Yeah, I can only imagine why he hated it because he didn't want to go heel. A he was a face almost his whole career. Mm-hmm. A and B, Robert was coming back from injury, so they were like, "Yo, let's get us back together. Let's do our thing. We're still good." They were still they were still drawing at this point. Yeah. Um, and truth be told, Ricky did not. They both of them didn't like it. Robert Gibson even Robert Gibson was like, "Yo, he they went to told Dusty that we well because they it, didn't like this whole thing because so. his his the thing and especially for Robert Gibson, Robert Hoot Gibson. It was only going to go one way for him. He's going to be left by the wayside. He's not a singles wrestler at all. He's not a singles wrestler. But Richard, at least Ricky Morton can can hold on to Richard Morton, and you know, but he that's only got a certain window. Dude, how about that pile driver he hits fucking yo. Robert Gibson with though? Yo, he yo Gibson got some like Rob Van Dam height on that pile driver. Oh, knew you ain't lying. Um, and, and uh, you and know, Dustin Rhodes comes Dustin out. Dustin Rhodes the comes out, which is you know makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, I, I like the York Foundation. You know, it has a short, short shelf life of, you know, but it was, it was good for what it needed to be as an undercard storyline thing. But, you know, Ricky Morton, you know, once again, as a heel, you just see him like he's, he, the, the, the suit doesn't fit him. Terry Terrell at least looks good in the suit, you know, with the, with the jet black hair and uh, the jet brown hair, like gelled back and everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know Ricky Morton just wrestled his fiftieth state when he when when global when GCW went to Wyoming last weekend. And guess why GCW booked him at the show? Fiftieth ah. state, good for him. Was it Alaska? Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming, Wyoming, huh? Yeah. Okay, so before we get into the main event, um, <laughs> there was they did this one thing that just made me laugh. They go, uh, they were talking about the Great American Bash, and you know, it was still a tour at that point for the most part. Um, Absolutely, they they cut the backstage with with Heyman, and uh, it's like, oh, it's good. We're going to show you some highlights from the Great American Bash '90. You know what the highlights were? A Sting entrance, a Ric Flair entrance. Sting won the title, <laughs> but they just showed the entrances. They didn't show the fucking match, and then they showed the Steiners uh, taking the win over. Um... Oh shit! Doom. No, no, I just, Freebirds? I just, I just, uh, Freebirds. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just drew a blank. That, w- those were the, like, if you didn't know, well, that's because Turner was selling videos at that point. If you wa- if you watched WC, if that was your first match, you'd be like, what did I miss so far? <laughs> I missed two entrances and a fucking and a and a Steiner Steiner Brothers win. That's <laughs> all I missed. That's it. I don't need to watch. <laughs> um, before we get into this main event, the main event is two out of three falls. Ric Flair defends the heavyweight championship against beautiful Bobby Eaton, who was the TV champion, which meant nothing at this point. Yeah. This is Ric Flair's last major match before he leaves for the E. Yes. For the F at, this, at that point. Um, they wanted him to change his gimmick to Spartacus and cut his hair. That fucking haircut looked god-awful on Flair. Jim Hurd was a fucking pizza uh, executive. What a douche. We all know the story. Yeah. But um, now, the match on paper, and this is one of the reasons why I, I picked this, the match on paper um, was supposed to be nothing short of brilliant. And Jay and I were talking about this during pre-production. Bobby Eaton's singles run was very, very cr- criminally underrated mm-hmm. because he was primarily a tag team wrestler. Um, another reason why Arn Anderson's runs were were criminally underrated because he was primarily a tag team wrestler. Yeah. Sometimes back then you got that stigma because when when the, when when the Express broke up, like Dennis Condry didn't do anything solo. Randy Stan Rhodes Lane, yeah. Randy Rhodes. I mean, Condry and R- Rhodes came with the Newman Express, but uh, Stan Lane didn't do it. Stan Lane was a tag team wrestler almost his entire career. He was pretty fa- much. Yeah, he was with the Fabulous Ones. Him and Steve Kern. And he was with the Midnight Express after Conjury left, right? So, but back then, sometimes you got that stigma of being a tag team wrestler. Like, you know, everybody forgets that Brian Blair, or Jim Brunzel was a tag team wrestler almost his, his entire career. Yeah. When they paired him with B. Brian Blair, no one liked B. Brian Blair backstage, especially if he acts the Iron Sheik, too. <laughs> but he's another guy who wrestled criminally underrated, but he was primarily a, a tag team wrestler. This is, was the stigma, right? But you would think the match could have been great. I, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the worst flare match I've ever seen, no. right? But it lacked, and I think Jay, 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 I'm gonna let Jay, Jay has the floor on this because I think he's his point is probably the more um, logical at this point between the discussion that we had prior to starting the show tonight. But this is two out of three falls, so. I go ahead because and that and that's and especially I've ne- I don't I've never seen this match before 
And I didn't, I, to tell you the truth, if you would have told me, like, you know, Eaton had a match against Ric Flair, the first thing I would think of is it's got to be fucking five Instant stars. classic, right. Got to be. Correct. Two absolute great workers. Um, and, excuse me, the idea is, so once you see this match, it's two out of three falls. All of a sudden, the four, five, you know, two minutes and under matches we had before this makes sense. Because, one, it's Ric Flair. Ric Flair, you know, he only, his engine doesn't get warm unless he's doing 20. You know what I mean? He's got to do 20 minutes to at least get whatever, you know, and this is where we always say, Ole always says it's the same same match, you know, Ric Flair has. I, I don't agree with that. But what what we, what ended up happening here is, you can go, well, if they had more time, maybe they could tell a different story. I'm glad you said that. I'm, let me just cut you off yeah. real quick. Me, personally, I don't think there was enough sympathy heat. Absolutely not. For Bobby Eaton. And I think that's the main reason why this match didn't flow as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, go ahead. I'm because sorry, because the TV's leading up to it was kind of thrown together in a sense. Yeah. Like I said, Flair's already checked out, but but Flair didn't he didn't do anything to hurt Bobby in the match. I think ultimately, like I said, to me, the first thing I, I, I tried to think of was like, well, maybe did they, if they had more time, could they have gotten more out of it? And maybe, maybe so. Maybe if they both would have relaxed. You personally, you asked me, Eaton looked winded um, by, the, by the time he got counted out. He looked like he was fucking done. Um, you know, Rick, you know, Bobby Eaton. I think the reason, and God, this is going to sound so bad saying it out loud. I, I, I think, and I, and listen, I'm somebody that I love Bobby. First off, throws one of the best punches I've ever seen. Him, Jerry Lawler. There was some exchanges here. They, 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 to me, they lack chemistry. I think where the rubber meets the road is they just the chemistry w- was not there with the two of them. There was moments of it. There was moments of it, it worked. But for the most part, there was a lot of parts where it looked like it was forced and it didn't really look, you know, kismic between them, and I, I, I think that's really kind of what it was. Um, I, but I think ultimately what happened was, and I, I hate to say this because I love Bobby Eaton, um, I think he got exposed in the sense of you, you kind of separate the main of this is why Ric Flair is a main event guy. Bobby to me looked like he was he was a little winded. Like I said, by the time the second fall even happened, he hit a great Alabama jam. You know, Flair looked to be in about in the middle of the ring, if not a little bit more. About ten minutes in, he <clears> hit some <throat> hits the Alabama jam for the one, two, three. Like I said, Flair did a did a great job there. Great exchanges with the chops. You know, I don't know if the air conditioning was out, but it, it seemed like the sweat was just pouring off these guys, and Flair's chopping the sweat off his goddamn chest, and then it just beating them down, but they had this exchange where it's just a genius of Ric Flair where, you know, he chopped Eaton and Eaton just fired back with a punch and Flair sold it like he just got hit with a brick. Right. And, and it was a great spot. And it's just, once again, it's that's a little less on Eaton and that's a lot, little bit more on Ric Flair. To, to, and it proves that Flair can have a match with a fucking broomstick. 
and make it work. Um, I mean, so now Eaton gets counted out, which tells the story. He hurts his knee. Okay, but he. But my, it was so, it was so jumbled that spot. He, it, it, well, that's what I'm getting at. Here's my next question, right? Because the match only goes about three or four minutes after this, right? And I mentioned before about the sympathy heat not being enough built up for Bobby, right? Um, do you think if the match went 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, this would have been a little better in terms of not being as jumbled? Maybe they're trying to get their spots in before maybe maybe they had like a time limit of TV time or... Well, I think they, they clearly had TV time remaining because they cut back to... The announcers. Now I know that was a WCW trademark too. They always went back to the announcers, so maybe, so maybe they did didn't have much time left. Um, and I don't know. Just 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 my looks alone. To my untrained eye, it but, looked like Bobby Eaton was sucking wind by by the ten minute. Because mark. they, I mean, these guys had Broadways three years before this in '88. Yeah, I, I, but listen, I mean, Eaton looked to be. In arguably the best shape he's been in. I might even talk about conditioning because they both looked really good for, especially yeah. Flair for his age. I'm thinking like you know, time. My biggest beef with this match is time because when Flair, I don't think Eaton could have lasted. I, I disagree. I I don't think so. I disagree. I don't think. So. I think another 15 minutes. I think. I think another 15 minutes. Sympathy Heat. Same finish. The knee gets messed up again. You're right. Flair puts the figure forearm. Bobby can't get his shoulders up. One, two, three, 14, 26. That's the end of the match. You go another, another fucking five and a half minutes, even five minutes, go 20, uh, whatever. I think it would have been really nice. But this, you know, I mean, clearly this makes Bobby Eaton more marketable in terms of a singles competitor, right? But. If this would have went thirty fucking minutes, I feel like it would have been better. You could have. I don't think. I don't think Bobby would have lasted thirty minutes. I uh, think. I think he was sucking wind. I think. Once again, this is where it separates. And I and like I said, this could be this could be a little um, controversial to say. And listen, I love Bobby Eaton, but we got to call a spade a spade on this show. I don't think this guy. It looked like he was sucking wind. I think he came out firing. Listen, Bobby Eaton in the main event against the against the world champion. This is a big fucking spot, you know. And I really do think he came out firing on all cylinders. And I think he I think he gassed himself a little bit because by by that ten minute mark, I'm thinking if you would add time on in the end, yeah, maybe he could have got some of his gas back. But I think I, it would have been even sloppy. I'm gonna disagree. I think if they had the time. Bobby would maybe if it was Bobby wouldn't have been gassed as much. Yeah, maybe because at that point, you know, you can the whole selling of the knee. Yeah, you could have had another. You could you could make that a ten. It was minute, too quick. Right, you could have made that whole knee thing a ten minute spot mm-hmm. where he gets he messes the knee up, but then he goes for the figure four. Bobby breaks it, gets flare out, back and forth. Flare drops the knee. Gets back up. Bobby gets up, and but he's hobbling, but he's punching him. You know yep. those quick punches, those yep. uppercuts. But then, then Flair finally gets him. Ah, you know Flair fakes the whole. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. Yeah. Pokes him in the eye. Does a stomp to him, 
and then fucking hit, knocks him out with the with that with that awful turnbuckle they had. Yeah, could have got loose, knocked him out or whatever. Something to the point where you get back Bobby on the mat where he can't even go anymore. He just he and you can see and I can hear Jim Ross. He's exhausted. Yeah, he can't go no more. Here comes Flair. Yeah. and then like he and you can like I can just see that as a more decisive uh, finish if you would have added like another five yeah. and a half minutes. That, to that, that being match. said, I I love the ending. I love the fact that. It was actually a pin, you know, um, you know, even though like Flair was holding the ropes, whatever. But it, referee was in a great position to see it or not see it. Maybe not see Flair on the ropes, I should say. Um, but I did. I did. I, I enjoyed the ending of that because it just it it, it, it got over the it got over the move. But I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think that's where it separates. I think that's where why, you know, like I said, Maybe with more time, not even just the match, more time leading into the match, maybe you can get Bobby over a little bit more and get the crowd behind him more. But I I think it's, I think Eaton, you know, I don't think he was cut out to go 30 minutes with Ric Flair. I, I, it looked like he was, unless he was doing a, a, a really good job selling it, um, he looked gassed. Like in the sense of like he had no more left in him. That's that's what it looked like to me. He he probably did, because they probably wanted to get all their fucking spots. That's in. Probably, and that's probably it. So like you said, if 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 spaced out better, yeah, maybe. But so let's. I mean, let's call a spade a spade, as you would say. Um, let's give it up for the not having the uh, the, the sympathy heat, bro. Yeah, the sympathy heat probably. Would have made this match amazing. Well, it's also too is is Flair. Flair was in between. He wasn't exactly a super heel, right? But you got to understand something. This is for the title. Yeah, and it still meant something. Yeah. So it's like okay, the TV champions getting a fucking title shot on TV. Yeah. Oh, of course. But I'm just saying a like, world title shot on TV. You're 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 right. But it's not like it's not like. Flair was the most hated heel. Didn't have to be Jay. This was made for television. No, I know. But this I, was made. This is probably better than the fucking Great American Bash that year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely was right. Well, um, because Flair wasn't there. Still. Right. Yeah. But like you know, whether Flair's indifferent on his way out or nothing, I don't think Flair half-assed anything at Never. that point. He couldn't. No. And if he did, you call him out on it. Because I think I think he had too much risk because he was right. He was always the controversial guy. Right, right. Why why are you going to Nothing Town, Kentucky? Right. And giving that guy twenty five right. minutes. He's right. like well, you're, and you're wrestling Broadways with Dusty fucking four or five times a week. Yeah, but I'm just saying like In front but, of not even thousand people. But like, you know, like like the match he had with George South. Like, you know, Flair got a lot of heat for giving George South some offense. But it's like, yo, but but I can make money with it. Like I can come back next time. I can go to fucking Biloxi, Mississippi and put over their champion. I could still win. I could still win, and I could put him over, make him look good. I come back, I draw more money. Flair took the mentality of the old guy, old-timers territory-wise, and he basically perfected it. Yeah. It's almost like, I'll make, an, I'll make a Yankee analogy, George Steinbrenner. He was like, you know, I didn't invent free agency. Yeah. I perfected it. Yeah, it just it made it work. Ric Flair made it work. He perfected the 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 craft. He perfected the booking. Like it, it, he could have had anybody booking for him. 
you bring in Ric Flair into your territory for a big match, for a big card, you're like, it's a draw. Yeah. This was the last of the Mohicans in terms of a draw, especially for a regional company like WCW. Yes. I mean, because we're in Biloxi, Mississippi, you and I, getting off the fucking hay truck, you know, cashing our check, getting some steak, getting some chicken fried steak. We're going to go to the convention center. We're going to go to the convention center that night and see Ric Flair yeah. and Bobby Eaton, or Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair and Lex Luger, Ric Flair and Nikita Koloff, anybody. But you, that's the draw. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, the Steiners stole the show with with, with the Hase and, and Chono, but, like, no one paid to see that. You pay. You, that was just that was that, that was, was a that right. was the butter sauce. But the, but on top that, of the lobster. But that was the beauty of WCW. Yeah. That was the NWA. Yeah, was like they would do these ma- massive cards. And Undercards like, were always great. The main right. event always just fell flat. Right, but in this case, five more minutes. It could have fifteen more minutes. Whatever it is, but you can see who, whoever timed the show. Just did a just dropped the fucking ball because it's a TV thing. Because Austin's out there having a twenty something second match. Just cut the fucking spot. I, I and that's and that's sorry to How say. How about, about not Austin. have twelve matches on free TV? Well, that's the other part of it too. Okay, so I mean, it, now how much of that is a herd thing? How much of that a, is that's a, dusty a dusty, r- that's a dusty thing? Yeah, because Dusty's come back. He wants to make an impression. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that being a dusty mark in my head, going, okay, I'm looking at the card. I'm like, right, it, I'm telling Jay it's stacked. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's stacked because it's dusty. Yeah. You know, you cut that down to eight matches or ten matches even. Take those two squash matches and out. Then you can, and then you, you can, can expand. give Flair and fucking Bobby Eaton 15 more minutes. Yeah. Or you can give Luda and Luga. Ten more minutes. Five more minutes. Correct. You know? those, two, those, two, those two matches were criminally undertimed and deserved more time. Yeah. That's it. I mean, line. you can even say the same thing about the, the tag match. You can even give that more time because... It, I mean, granted, it was good, and it needed whatever time it had, it needed. But it could have used more time, too, if if, if we're going to bounce the ball. I mean, yeah, if you want to nitpick yeah. at that point, I'm talking about the— I'm talking just just what what it needed. What, right. Yes, I got you, right. I got you. So, I, like I said, I, I loved—the I, match was good. <clears throat> Excuse me, I loved—the ending was great, but it, it was just clunky. And I, I really do think it's—I do think it's— it's a separation of main event caliber, caliber, and and a lack of chemistry between the two. Because Bobby Eaton is a great worker, Ric Flair is a just great worker. It just this styles clashed, and, and I just it just happens. These things happen. I'm going to disagree. For, for um, I'm going to push back a little bit. I think they they work good. They just didn't have enough time. Yep. And I think Bobby fucking worked himself into a frenzy. And was afraid to not get it, get all his spots in, you know, f- for be it. so. Anything else, partner? Before we head out of here? No, nah, I think that's it. All right, let's get the hell out of here. All right. We went long with conspiracy theories. We did. You walked down Bad Street tonight. Walk down Bad Street, guys. Thank you very much for everything tonight. Hanging out with us, we appreciate y'all. And uh, be back next week. See, so, yeah, a nice throwback for you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yes. And um, you know all the handles, you know all the social media gimmicks. Go buy a shirt of Pro Wrestling Tees. They're delicious. Yeah, Especially the Mook Tang shirt. <laughs> I have to get one of those for the summer. Yeah. The Mook Tang shirt. But thanks a lot, guys. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.